Today's sponsor is Loot Crate. For less than $20 a month, Loot Crate gives the geek in you a special treat every month. Loot Crate is a subscription box service with more than $40 worth of geek, gamer, and pop culture gear, collectibles, apparel, comics, etc. delivered to your mailbox every month. This month's theme is time, and quite appropriately, we're celebrating with the 30th anniversary of Back to the Future in the month and year Marty McFly travels to in Back to the Future Part 2. The timeless appeal of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure and the timey-wimey charm of Doctor Who. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate, and when the cutoff happens, that's it, Jack, it's over! So go to lootcrate.com slash kindoffunny and enter the code kindoffunny to save $3 on your new subscription today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's I, Greg Miller, co-founder, CEO of KindOfFunny.com. Here on the set of the Kind of Funny Gamescast, and you may be saying this is an awkward beginning to the Game Over Greggy show, and I agree with you, it is an awkward beginning to the Game Over Greggy show. I come with terrible news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today, Kevin opened up his computer and discovered that he did not have the first five minutes of our show for the Game Over Greggy show. Now, at which point we said, oh, Kevin... How cute. I'll open up the backup files and get the first five minutes of the Game Over Gregory show. I opened up the backup files, no five minutes. The first five minutes, gone. And now you might say, you didn't click record. We clicked record. The numbered files show that there was a file before this file, but it mysteriously disappeared without any interference from anyone else in the world. So the Lord Jesus Christ himself came down and smacked this file back down to hell. And I wish I could explain when this happened. I wish I could have seen him do it. I wish maybe... That I wasn't having sex out of wedlock all the time, and this is why it was punishing me like this. But some things can't change, ladies and gentlemen, and we've lost the first five minutes of the Game Over Greggy Show. Now, you might say, no big deal. The first five to seven to 20 to 30 minutes of the Game Over Greggy Show every week are just bullshit. It's just you guys sitting around talking about mocha lattes and whatever the hell Kevin's mad about this week. But here's what I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen. This is an especially bad time. Kevin, how many shows we've done? 96. 96. This is the 96. God dang it. We've never had something like this happen before. You say, ah, no big deal. We've had a lot. We screwed up something for Jacob Spellman. Jacob Spellman went over to patreon.com slash kind of funny, supported us to come be on this show. That's right. One out of 96 times we had to screw up the one time we had somebody who paid to come be on our dumb show. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Jacob Spellman. Yay. Hey, Jacob, how are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Good. How mad at me are you? I'm not mad at all. You guys have technical difficulties over there all the time, so it's not a big surprise. Yeah, but that's not an excuse. Like, I hate the technical difficulties. I hate that that's an excuse for us, that that's one of the reasons and the garbage truck on fire and all that. It's not cool to me, damn it. Well, it's fine to be part of the process. At least I got to be part of one of the the misfunctions, so it's all Well, I mean, that's true. You're on a show that's making history. This has never happened. I'll tell you right now, there's never been a Game Over Greggy show that opened with a guest that's a one-on-one Skype interview. Yeah, so... So, luckily, like I said, we only missed the first five minutes of this show, so we just missed right. the normal rambling trash we talked about. So, tell me, what did we talk about? What was our rambling trash? What were we talking about? Uh, I think Colin was talking about the word brick and how it hails from the East Coast. You're right. That was the thing. 
because it was cold. We were talking about Grimecraft had been in the last show and words that words that had been invented because he's lit and sus. And then yeah, Colin did invent brick. Yeah, and he he says out oh, in the East Coast it's cold. It's it's brick. It's it's brick cold out there. Nick was confused because he thought it was just a basketball term, which I was in the same boat. Whereas when you miss a shot, you throw up a brick. So exactly, that's what I thought too. There's some yeah, some real deep conversation going on there. Yeah, so the, I, honestly, that's pretty much that's a thirty-second synopsis of everything you people missed out in YouTube and yeah. MP3 land. So not that much, which is great. But I would have gone producer yeah. slash producer Nick Scarpino. I would have gone pure one Tim Gettys. I would have gone Prana Log Island, Calmore, and I would have said a special guest, Jacob Spellman. Jacob Spellman, what's up? I, I don't feel like we really we didn't touch on this. It all happened so fast. Your mm-hmm. episode, they all go they it was like sand through our hands every time. Number one, where are you from? I'm from uh, Pacific Grove, California. Number two, why did you why did you give us money on patreon.com slash kind of funny to come be part of this show? Oh, I just uh, like what you guys do. Um, you guys have started up a big, um, just kind of a project ba- based off of passion. Um, and I'm, I'm passionate about, well, the subject that I brought up was, was travel. So I know it was just something that I felt was important. And uh, I think uh, my big thing was just I was confused why Americans don't travel as much. So I just want to talk about it. Now, you say that, yeah, and like that's what's interesting and part of your intro. Oh, my topic's travel. I'm confused why Americans don't travel more. Uh, mm-hmm. I follow my passion, and my passion is travel. Yeah. You say that, and it sounds like just like, oh, people like to travel. Sure. Troy Baker goes a lot of places. But you, like, you right. uh, you tore apart your life. That's one of the, you're this fascinating individual. Tore yeah, you apart. tore apart your life. You, yeah. So you, you yeah, go no. to college, and you, you, where do you go to college? I went to Sonoma State University. Go see Wolves. You get a degree in what? What's your degree in? Business management and human resources. So then you leave and you start making money hand over fist. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's better better money than, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was good enough, yeah. So then, so how long did you, you go into, you leave, you go into this corporate job and, like, what happens? Uh, I just, I don't know, I just had, I realized that I wanted to, I always wanted to travel and I, I didn't do it, but I'd saved up all this money to do it. So, I mean, there's no time like the presence, so I just... You s- Quit. You, bought, you, bought a one-way ticket and went. That's not what people do, Jacob. That's not you go. You don't but go do. to work for two years and then decide I've saved, saved up money to travel. You saved up that money for your life, son. For what's going to happen next? Yeah. I'm going to go travel more. Oh my god. So yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You tear up. Okay. You go into this corporate life and then you decide to blow it all up, tear it apart. Yeah, I want right. you to know that I, I talked about you on the Super Knockin' Boots podcast because I went and recorded that the next day. Oh, did you? And I talked about how I'm right. s- here's the the silver lining to this whole fuggle blue is the fact that right. we still have your topic. We still have your topic in full because I was enraptured yeah. with everything you said on this. It's rare that I meet okay. someone because I well, nobody comes to my house anymore, but it's rare that I meet someone right. whose story is so crazy that I gotta sit back in awe and listen to it. You get a job, you right. go you're you're doing everything right, Jacob. You're working out clearly. Yeah, You're being yeah. sexy. All these girls like you. They yeah. love you. You go to college. You get the degree. You get yeah. a good job. You start yeah. making money. Uh-huh. Then you're supposed to get married, have a kid, get a house, get in crippling debt. The kids move away and don't talk to you anymore. Then you slowly start to die. Mm-hmm. That's the path. Yeah, it's the dream. The dream. But, but when did you know that it was time to shake off the regular dream and travel the world? Um, I was just something that I, I want to do. One of my good friends talked to me about it and I'd always kind of had it in the back of my mind, but he really sold it to me. So I was hoping I could just maybe come on your show and maybe do that. The, the same thing for all the people out there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what he did. If you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy show. Each and every week, sometimes one and one person through Skype get together and bring a random topic of discussion for you. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kind of funny. Give us 
some money and you get each and every episode early. Then, if you don't want to give us any money, we totally understand. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where you get every topic broken out day by day, topic by topic, until we post the entire thing for free. I didn't do the table pound by the right way because it's just depressing that you're not here to pound on the table with me, Jacob. Yeah, I appreciate that. I missed it anyway, so... I know. Yes, though we can, we can hide that, and uh, maybe I won't spoil it. Maybe at the end of the episode, Jacob pounds it out like yeah, nobody's business. Of course, just throwing it out there <laughs> for you. So we now join the game over, Greggy show in progress, where Jacob is just caught up on the fact that yes, he had this perfect life with money and security, and he decided to throw it all away and travel yeah. the world. Jacob, yeah, thank thanks, you. Greg. It's always a pleasure, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's always yeah, a pleasure with course. you, sir. Uh, let's join the show. Mm-hmm. It's not the best decision. It sucks. So, yeah, sucks. it's just real bad. No one tells you how bad it is. So, uh, so I just kind of went on this epic quest of avoiding adult responsibilities. Uh, I bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia. I tooled around there for like six months. Uh, I got a working holiday. Wait, 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 wait. Did you have like a house? Did you know where you were going? No, no. I just bought like a ticket and just kind of You just it out. went? Yeah. So I was like, maybe I'll stay for three months, maybe six. Uh, a year and a half later, I finally came home. So. You, how much... Did you have money going into this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't have a life when I worked my corporate job, so I saved up a lot, and I was like, okay, maybe I should spend this. That, yeah. How much money do you need to, to be able to make that type of thing? Because I know a lot of not people that are lot. trying to go to do trips, and they're like, not they're saving. It sounds like it's a shit ton of money. It's not a lot. No, no. It's like, if you go to, like, third world countries and stuff like that, it's super cheap. Like, that's not necessarily for everyone. If you're going to Europe or something mm-hmm. like that, it's definitely more expensive. But uh, I did, I lived in Australia for a year. And, uh, oh, I governor! Just like no, that. Greg, it's no. exactly how they sound. The epitome of the third world country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> That's why they call it down under. Uh, this is true. And uh, I had a working holiday visa over there, so I actually worked while I was over there. And places like that, you need some sort of income to be to like travel around. But uh, yeah. What, so, now, what type of work did you do? <laughs> Uh, so my first job, my first job there was a, uh, a door-to-door salesman. So I uh, I did that, and then uh, but most. What were you selling? Uh, groceries. This is what? this is weird. yeah. It's a, it's like a it's like a, a delivery service. They oh, do, like they deliver. Yeah, that's yeah. not a salesman. It's a delivery service. No, no. But Those you you have, you have to sell the service to people. So you you're going oh. around locking up people's doors. I just I basically used it like they gave me an iPad with internet, so I would just go to a park and look for other jobs while I was there. But like it was just basically I just knock on people's doors. They invite me in. I'd be like, I'm not going to sell you this, but I just I need the money. So I would do that. How many like housewives opened the door and they were like in negligees and such? Not a lot, no. Not a lot. No, no. no. At some point, but, did the following happen? Okay. You had sex with a housewife. I did not have sex with a housewife. Well, Housemaid. I know. I know. No. House husband, I guess. House no, no, no. 18 year old. Or I guess. The house. The house? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Get out of here, you crazy American. Uh, giving us all a bad name over there, yeah. But well, yeah. I, wait, I have a question about this too. Okay. You weren't trying to sell, but did you make any sales anyway? Yeah, I did. Of, of course. course. Yeah. I mean, it's a great yeah. service already, I can tell you. Oh, yeah, it was good. It's burning hot outside. I don't want to go outside. No, no, no. You just send me the food. You sure. get a sunburn just by walking. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's terrible. Yeah. She might get attacked by a kangaroo. Yeah, they're very vicious. Is that true? No. Are they just chilling? They no, just they're there, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you see any kangaroos? Do you make any oh, plans? Yeah. I, I worked on a golf course, too, and there was, like, kangaroos everywhere. It was like Jurassic Park. They just kind of, like, hopped around and stuff. It's tight. <laughs> That's the best statement ever. Yeah. There was kangaroos everywhere. Just, I was just, like, like, just driving around like... my little cart, you know, around the golf course, and there'd just be, like, a herd of kangaroos just hopping next to me. It was tight. Yeah. That, was, that sounds tight. Yeah. I like that. And then... Until they eat each other. Yeah. They're vicious. Kangaroos, I mean, they, they seem like they can fuck you up. I've never seen one fuck anything up. But, like... You see them sometimes. I've seen pictures. I haven't ever actually seen a kangaroo. Yeah. But they look like freaking wrestlers. Yeah, you know? They're jacked. They got, they're, they're jacked oh, as yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's why the whole boxing thing comes in. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Get a box yep. of kangaroo. Yeah. But they're not the, th- they're not the scary thing. There's, there's scarier stuff in Australia. What's scary? Spiders. Spiders, yeah. The spiders, yeah. Yeah, I had a huntsman spider in my house, and they're like literally like this big. So See, that's at like that a, point, does evacuate it, the premises. Yeah. yeah. At that point, yeah, does Mike. the thing just get your house? 
Was like, it? oh, you won. Like, you got You're it. You're the landlord no, no, they, now. They, Bye. They became new roommates. They were just kind of like hanging out here, hanging oh, out there. They. Yeah. Oh, no uh, thanks. Did you How kill did it? you react to no, this? No, I tried to kill it, but you can't kill him. Like, unless you have don't a fire do axe. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to do it. You don't want to fuck with those things. <laughs> Spider catches the axe. You've seen the picture of like them, or like the video of them like jumping off the walls of people, like people trying to catch them, right? Have you oh seen those people? No. No, no, that's oh, bad, yeah. The guy's like slowly coming up and then he jumps, yeah. Good topic, next topic. That's terrifying. anxiety over here, yeah. That's terrifying. I hate spiders. Was there any cool animals? Oh, yeah, like there's echidnas. Like knuckles? Yeah, yeah, only he doesn't look anything like that. Oh. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what a real echidna looks like. Yeah, it's kind of a dumb-looking hedgehog. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 knuckles. Okay. Well, Australia's been isolated. There's all sorts of weird animals that evolved there. Yeah. The man of war, I think, is in the ocean, right over there too. The 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 most deadly. The man of war. The yeah. man of war. It's a deadly, like small yeah, the, octopus. The little uh, the jellyfish. Yeah, the oh, small jellyfish. Yeah, it's as big as your like your pinky. Like I went to. And it can fucking kill you. Yeah, I went to this place and they're like, it was like this beach and like, okay, you can go in the water, but here's your stink suit, so put that on before you stink go. Stink so suit. You're just like dressed in like all black, like. No, it's see, like, okay. right there, I'd be like, you know what? And I'm good. I'm just not going to go in the water. Yeah, yeah. I don't need a sting suit. Thanks. Yeah. I'm good. Not going to yeah. get in the water. It's like, yeah. hey, here's, you know, you're going to Starbucks. Here's yeah. your bulletproof vest. Let's throw it in there. <laughs> All right, so sorry. Southeast Asia. Yes. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. We're, Australia's not Southeast Asia, so I'm curious no, no. where well, I'm yeah. curious where you were. doing the Indiana Jones oh, thing. Oh. So, okay. Well, do you want to know how I got to Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back up a little bit. Okay. Because you were talking about third world countries and all that kind of stuff. Australia is not a third world country. It's very developed. Yeah, so I'm curious, what did you go to, like Vietnam or Laos or something like that? I went to Thailand, Cambodia. Cambodia, Laos, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, and Indonesia. Wow, so pretty much everywhere. Yeah. How many tuk-tuks did you take? A ton. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. Tuk-tuks are awesome. Yeah, what are they? Fun. I don't know what you're talking about. They're little... Uh, like motorcycle cabs, basically. Yeah, motorcycle oh, cabs, basically. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... And how much... How much did it... Like, all right, so Malaysia. How much did it cost you to live there for a month? Like, it's not It's not expensive. Like, But where, what is your quality of life when you're in Malaysia, not, not spending money? Because... And this it's, is why it's, let him answer the question. I want him to answer the question. Yeah. So, right. so, so I'm curious about the number. He's taking no so further questions. There's, <laughs> you can stay in hostels, which aren't that bad. Like if you want to stay in a place where there's a bed and air conditioning, you can probably spend like roughly probably like six dollars a night. So like okay. so staying there, like if you really want to spoil yourself, like ten dollars a night will get you like a really nice place. Holy shit! Yeah, like you you can just like it's really just a place with a high barrier to entry because the plane ticket is what the big mm-hmm. cost is. Once you get there, it's just kind of. You can just do whatever you want. So, yeah, it's really cheap. Like, doing anything is... Like, my first month in Thailand, I didn't even hit my rent that I was play- paying up in Santa Rosa. So, like, my just my month, my rent alone up, in, like, in California, I didn't spend that my first month over there. So, wow. it's it's super cheap. It's affordable. You can still do a lot of cool shit while you're over there because it's so cheap. And then, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of, lot of stuff to do. And then, like, the best part, I mean, there's there's cool stuff to do, but, like, the best part of it is, is meeting people. Like, it's a really good way to interact with people. You're kind of separated from technology and everything, and you can just kind of connect with people in different ways. And it's just good for, like, globalization and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to see how other people do live their lives, and you get to meet people from, like, I didn't I didn't really understand, like, what was different between British people and Australian people until I actually met them. I was like, oh, it's just like the United States, only they talk funny. It's, yeah, a lot, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. In the UK or in Australia? Both. Well, I mean, I, I met yeah. UK people over there because they're, oh, they're everywhere. So, yeah. So it's good to just kind of meet people from different countries and actually be able to talk to them and connct to them and tr- through travel and everything. So it's fun. So you're bouncing around yeah. you're, and you're just like, whenever you get sick of a place, you're like, I'm going to move on to the yeah, next one? Yeah. It's, it's like, Colin, I know you always talk about like you want to retire and you just want to be like, not have to do anything. Mm-hmm. 
it's like that. As soon as possible. It's like that. I did that for like a year and a half. You just wake up and you're just like, well, what am I going to do today? And you can just, maybe I'll read all day. Maybe I'll go do this, do this. Maybe I'll get on a bus to the next place. It just, you're just kind of at your leisure. You can do whatever you want. Were you just living out of one backpack? Yeah. I have a 45 liter backpack and I lived out of that for a year and a half. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So that, you see, I wouldn't be able to exist in that. I would get decision paralysis. I would, there's too much stuff to do. I would just end up doing nothing every single time. It's just like Netflix. Yeah. Where I've got too many things, too many options to pick from and I would be, I would be useless. I need structure. Well, yeah. I need to know that if I don't have like 50 things to do, like if I don't have Tim and Greg and Kevin texting me at midnight saying, hey, I need this lower third name bar for our guest that I totally forgot to ask you about before you left, but now I'm going to interrupt you during your uh, wife time. Okay. Yeah, midnight's um, wife time. Uh, 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 right. uh, 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 it is midnight's right. not wife time. Midnight's key prime wife time. No, not for Nick Scarpino's wife. Now my wife's she knocks out at like 9.30. No, that's, that's like midnight. Midnight's right around the time I'm going to bed. 11 o'clock's more like play video game time. Um, so yeah, but that's my I mean. I, it's like that, That's the thing with me in travel is that it, it seems harder than it needs to be. Like, it seems like you would get out there and then you just have to make a bunch of decisions and you have to figure out how to feed yourself. And then if you screw up, you'll, you'll die you won't. or get put into a Thai prison. Yeah. That's know? the thing. That's like a get lot. Caned. That was like the biggest thing I heard when people like when I got back, like, well, weren't you scared? Like, I mean, if there was somebody that should have ended up dead in a cave with all their organs being sold on, yeah. like, on the black market, it's me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like 5'8". I weigh 130 to 135 pounds. Like, these fly swatters aren't fighting anybody off. Like, you're, I, I you're can't. wiry. Yeah, but it's just like it's not. You are not. You are not in any danger like at all while you're over there. It's, I'm not. I, w- I wouldn't be so much worried about that because, as we all know, I have martial arts that's training. True. Shadow boxing. Um, I mean, I'm you know number one in the nation so far. Number one in the nation. So shadow far. Boxing. So far. I mean, you know, it's uh, the world keeps moving, as Colin will tell you from uh, east to west. But I would be more worried about right. not being able to. I would be more worried about getting into a position where I'm like, shit, I'm out of money, and now I have to. Sell my body. Well, that happened to the night. That happened. That happened actually, because like when I went to Australia, Wait, which what part? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk more about the, the, that. The, part. the running out of money part. I didn't yeah. have to sell my body, but yeah, when I was because uh, when I decided to go to Australia, um, I, I it was kind of like a last minute decision. So like mm-hmm. I, I knew some British guys like, oh, we're just gonna go to Australia, work there, and I was like, okay, I'll go there. And I arrived in Australia with seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough money to survive in Australia with for very long. Yeah. So I ran out of money pretty quick. And I got to a point, I landed the door-to-door sales job, like, right when I had paid off my last week at my hostel. So I had $2 in my pocket. And I went, like, I went down to my hostel. I remember I just, like, I bought, like, this bag of salted, like, of salt vinegar chips. And I just sat on, sat on my couch. I'm like, huh. It's gonna be interesting how this plays out. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, I started my job the next day. I did the door-to-door sales thing. I made enough money to pay off my hostel, and I had twenty-five dollars to buy food. And I just did that until I found another job, and then uh, I just kind of worked my way back and started traveling around Australia. So the first the first month there was pretty rough, but uh, and then when you're traveling, was, are you getting jobs in these other places that you're you're staying? Not or? in like not, well, yeah, like in Australia, yeah. So I, I lived in Perth, Melbourne, and Sydney. And then I kind of traveled around to like Brisbane, Cairns, and uh, what's it called, Tasmania as well. So, but yeah, yeah. Every time I went to like a city, and like I'd stay there for like three to four months and just kind of work and save okay. up. Okay. Yeah. So you just found something, something to kind of keep you going. Yeah. Then... Yeah. I had like a, a bar job. Like in the payover in Australia is insane. Like if if you're young and you live in America or the UK, I'd really recommend like just trying to check out like a like a working holiday visa in Australia. It's like if you're under thirty, you can go and live there. A year if you're American, two years if you're from the UK, and uh, bullshit, bullshit right there. Well, we make it, we make it impossible to get into this country legally, of course. But oh, so I, uh, I just think that everyone hates Americans. That's why. No, no, no. Because no, we're no. number one, right, Colin? 
We are number one, but it's, it, makes the sense. it makes sense. They're in the they're in the Commonwealth, right? Who so built so it? That, who that's, made it up? That's yeah, why it's weird. The, the Queen of England is on all of their money, which yeah. is weird, but whatever. But yeah, it's 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 cool to check out. Like the uh, like the pay in Australia is insane. Like I I worked a job as a just like a, a like I worked at a bar, and I would just pick up empty glasses and make fun of drunk Australians, mm-hmm. and I made like twenty three to forty five dollars an hour. What? Yeah. Like depending on the holidays, like if I worked on holidays forty five, if it was on the weekend it'd be thirty five, and just any other day I'd be making twenty five. So I lived in Sydney, as working maybe three days a week, like three days a week, and I would just be able to live. Damn. And, and it wasn't like I was living a luxurious life. I don't want to throw that out there. But if I worked like more, I probably could have been living pretty well. But just for what I wanted to do, just kind of like cruise yeah, no, around just everything. to subsidize. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Did you have a girlfriend going into this? No, do you have a girlfriend no, now? No, no. How was it? How was that experience? Not having a girlfriend, being single. That's good. Around the world. Yeah, oh, it's good. That's good. good. Real cool. good. Yeah. That's fun. That American I feel like, accent. I feel like it goes without saying that he didn't have a girlfriend or a significant other girlfriend. I mean, this well, I don't know. Things there's happen. no way that it's, I can live for $700 a day with my wife. Yeah. I need more than that. If we were tra- like, for instance, you talk about how it's, how it's cheap to travel to Thailand. Not my experience when I was on my honeymoon. Yeah. Well, it depends. Probably because I stayed at the Four Seasons. Yeah. If you're staying in nice places, then you're kind of taking that out the window. That was a pain in the ass. I was yeah. like, oh, it's going to be so cheap when we get there. But how much was it? The Four Seasons? Yeah. We got a deal where I think deal. we paid everything ahead of time, and Ugh. it was roughly... And I'm ballparking here. Ballparking, 400 a night. Okay. Yeah. Might yeah. have been more for the weekend Hey, you, it's your honeymoon. No, no, we splurged. Yeah, yeah. yeah you To go be big. fair, yeah, we saved and we splurged. It's not something we're going to do all the time, but yeah. that's my... Yeah, you're only going to do that once, maybe three times in your life. Yeah. I do. Well, I mean, no. I mean, like, that's, that's the problem with me right now is currently, like, in order, in order to travel... I'm doing it once. That's it. I'm not doing it again. Um, in order to travel, though, it, it's unfortunate, but I'm in a place in my life where, especially with my significant other, that she wants to have some level of comfort. And so what yeah. you're talking oh, yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. is the fun travel that everyone ought to do when they're the in their young, early yeah. 20s. How old are you? Or how old were you when the trip I'm, happened? I was. I left when I was 24, going on 25. I'm 27 right now. Okay. So, yeah. gotcha. Perfect timing for that, right? Yeah, so exactly. You, did, you went. You did sort of what you were supposed to, quote unquote, do. Yeah, supposed which to. Which was yeah. go to. I, mean, I assume you went to college or. School, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, graduated. Got the corporate gig, and then of course the next step in your life was going to be to find someone and immediately have kids with them, and then be yeah, the American dream, yeah, 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 yeah. and then you know maybe go on to a second or third yeah, divorce yeah. Uh, to the point where you have no money for the rest of your life. Yeah, which is great. That's how mm-hmm. we do it here. That's, that's how, how the do. economy keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that's where you say, oh, let's travel, and I immediately get that anxiety of like, oh man, this is going to cost me so much because I have two plane tickets, yeah. I have hostel, hotel stays at nice places because mm-hmm. you know when we, I like to go out there. And when we went to Thailand, it was fun because you'd go out into the heat and the craziness and the chaos, right. and you'd see that. And then you'd be like, okay, this is really overwhelming because I'm sure you you're familiar with yeah, like, culture Thailand is overwhelming. Yeah, like, yeah, they have they just have a ton of people. Especially if you're in Bangkok, it's all kind of like on top of you. There's yeah. there's a smell factor that you have to think about that you don't think about when you see pictures. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. And like, yeah. if you want, you can get away to one of the like the three gigantic mega malls that they have there, or you can yeah. go into the the world and see some of the temples and some of the cool stuff. Yeah. But it was nice to come back to like, hey, Mr. Scarpino, how you doing? Like, right. do you need anything? To- yeah, going air going somewhere and they have what you're looking for, not just going around and talking to a bunch of people. And it's like, yeah, you know they have like guys it's like a side quest like or something. I yeah. think Mr. Scarpino is the thing that bothers me most about that whole story. They called me Mr. Scarpino. I don't. I more. I don't. I don't appreciate the blending of <laughs> being laid back and officialness in that sentence. Uh, oh, hey, Mr. Scarpino. It's like, hey, <laughs> fucking straighten your tie, sit up straight, and I'm calling me Mr. Scarpino. Yeah. Hello. Good day. You don't know anything Thailand. Do uh. not leave the room until I've told you to leave the room and never turn your back to me. 
that's how I roll. Uh, but no, I, I always I always thought about that, and I had a lot of friends that did that, right? Like mm-hmm. they they would either take a year off college to go do a summer abroad or, or a year abroad or something like that, or they would. I had a couple of friends that like literally were like, "I'm not going to get a job. I've saved up some money, and I'm just going to go." Mm-hmm. Um, but that always just I was always way too, yeah. um, I guess, conservative to do that. I was like, "No, no, no, no. you're gonna get you're gonna run out of money. You're gonna have to sell your body to the night, just like the police song." Yep. Um, and you're not going to be able to come back. And I guess the thing that that scared me most about doing it was like. I'm going to be behind everyone else that entered the mm-hmm. workforce yeah. and went into it. Um, now, I can tell you know, I tell people without a doubt that it's probably an invaluable life uh, experience that you should get mm-hmm. because you have the rest of your life to go and check into exactly. a cubicle mm-hmm. under fluorescent lights <laughs> and fight for promotions and fight for climbing the corporate ladder if that's where you go. Um, so give yourself that year. Give yourself those two years because you seem to be happy with it. And your yeah, hand hasn't faded yet, so that's oh, good. Yeah, right. Thanks though, I appreciate it. But, <laughs> but Greg, I feel like you're like you're with me on this one, where it's like, given the opportunity, if I said I can give you a month to go travel the world or just stay home and do nothing, what yep, would you do? Yeah, nothing, big time. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. And that's that's me though, because I mean, that's obviously right where I'm at. Like everybody knows that I don't want to do anything. Right. But like, have, have you done the traveling things? Because I've I've never oh. been out of America. Oh no no yeah I mean you figure I just went to Mexico not too long ago which wasn't I mean it was a resort so whatever I we did that week in Japan uh, mm. two Thanksgivings ago right where we went out with uh, Scott Cindy Shuhei Warren Price and all them and hung out for a week in Japan that was awesome I'd love to do that again but uh, yeah like I just don't feel that pull ever you know what I mean like yeah. I look at photos of Thailand I'm like mm, no mm mm <laughs> Yeah, it's no? really crowded. Looks really hot. It's really hot. It's it funny though because I, I I actually feel kind of bad about it. Like I feel like I'm doing something wrong because like I see him talking about shit and like he sounds super happy. Well, and I, I feel like there's a lot funny. of other motherfuckers that are just really judgy about it that, to the point that I feel like I'm living wrong. Where I'm like, You're not. shit, is it messed up that I do just like sitting in front of my computer and mm-hmm. watching YouTube videos like about anything? It's not like I'm just wasting my life away. <laughs> I am, but it's like I I'm learning shit. I'm like. I'm experiencing things. I'm enjoying stuff. Sure. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. That's not to say I don't like going places. No, like, I mean, Hawaii was one of my favorite places in the world going to. Okay. Being able to jump that off. kind of counts. I mean, yeah, I guess kind of. Hawaii's like the weird mix, you know? It's where it's like, it's not America. really American. It's tropical, yeah. but it's Western. Westernized yeah. and everything. Like, I love you know. jumping off cliffs and shit. Yeah. Like, that's so, awesome. He does. He does it all the time. It's, it's a big. I'm we have to stop him sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's going to get dangerous. But I just, I don't have the drive at all to go. You know, I feel like I get, I get drives for very specific places. I love Japan. I've been to Japan. I enjoyed Japan. When we went to Germany for Gamescom back in the day when it was still Leipzig or whatever, I was like, this is fine. I don't really feel drawn to come back. You know what I mean? That's why people love Cologne now. It's different, so I'm sure one day I'll make it out there. I really want to go to London. And granted, I think that's probably because it would be the one I'd understand from the get-go. Yeah, get some cheeky right? Except their words and their use everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like I would, yeah. I would get no. the feeling of that. Mm-hmm. I would understand. Ireland, I think, is cool. I could, I could get down with Ireland once in a while. New Zealand all tucked away up north like that. That'd be a hard one to go to. Uh Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Colin, you just went to Iceland. Yeah. That's also right by New Zealand. You hated it. Yeah, I I didn't didn't say it was terrible. I just said I was there for way too long. I think that I've been overseas five times. And the common theme is I've been to Japan twice. I've been to Europe three times. And the the common theme is I've I've had fun, a lot of fun on four of those trips. I mean, Iceland was fine, too. I was just there for way too fucking long. Uh... The common theme when I go overseas is always, like, how long do I have to be here until I can go home? That's, like, basically, like, the minute I land, I'm like, all right, this is fun. Even in Japan, I have a lot of fun in Japan, but I'm always like, all right, three days, two days, one day, and then I can finally go home. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't like being out of the States that much. I just don't. It's not, It's not like, I know it's a typical American thing, but I've been overseas. I'll go overseas again. It's just mm-hmm. that I don't really enjoy traveling. Like, I, 
especially in the United States, like I, it, it goes for the U.S. and for overseas. I've been I've been to a lot of places in the United States. Like I would, I mean, off the top of my head, maybe thirty states, right? Like, and maybe more. And it's just like okay, like I kind of just want to go home. Like this is this is fun, you know. But like I I just I don't have that travel bug. I don't have that travel gene. When I go to Canada, I I feel the same way. It's like. And I don't count that overseas at all. I mean, I don't, or, you know, it's not really like another country. It's basically the United States. But I just don't feel like being somewhere else. I don't. But is it different for you to travel within the United States versus, like, do you get a different feeling like when we went to Atlanta, for instance, mm-hmm. which was Hotlanta. Hotlanta. Um, is that different than if you're like, okay, I know I'm going to be gone? Because we were gone for, what, three or four days to, to Momocon? Mm-hmm. Is that different than saying, like, okay, we're going to do, like, a, a week trip for you to Tokyo? I mean, granted, this the air flight, but is the same concept of, like, being away, does that apply to the United States versus outside? Yeah, or is somewhat... it just easier to travel within the United no, States? No, I mean, it's definitely easier to travel with the U.S. It's the currency. It's the it, – you can understand things. You know, we I, I'll, I'll stick by it for the rest of my life. We eat the best here. Um, but, you know, especially in the South, I like I, I, like we had our conversation on Gamer Greg. I know people don't agree with it. I think Southern food is the best food I've ever had anywhere else, period. Um, and any country, and we know that we, um, tried, we saw you trying to stuff like mac and cheese in your pockets before we yeah. left. <laughs> that, um, that vortex place. You keep, I know you call them at night and say, "Come on, ship to California." Yeah, just give me some of that ship, gravy. Give me some of that just, gravy. Just, um, describe it. Describe them. But I just, I just, it's just not travel. It's just not for me. Like I, I'm with you, Greg. Where it's just like I want to retire one day and just not do anything. I, my, like I told you, my uncle is doing that right now. He he sold his house on the island. He moved to Virginia with like some of my other family members that have all kind of migrated out of the island because it's so fucking expensive, and. Uh, just, they just he's just I remember talking to him being like so what are you gonna do you play golf you gonna, he's like I'm not gonna do anything just do whatever and I'm like that sounds fucking awesome See, like you just wake up me, and you just like, do whatever I feel like we're we're in the minority or it's just the oh, people yeah, that like are traveling are just very loud well, about it's, it it's, it's definitely a cultural thing with America like I mean, when I was abroad, like, you see, like, 18-year-old, like, British kids and Australian kids, like, German kids, and they just do their gap year, just part of their culture. Yeah. It's like, you should just go out and travel. Like, in America, it's more of just, like, like a lot of people, they're going to travel. It's like, oh, well, I'll do a, a semester abroad, or I'll do, mm-hmm. like, Peace Corps or something. It's always, like, ver- Americans, we have a very good work ethic. So right. it's, like, it's like, it's like it, if, right? if we're going to go out and travel, it's like we have to be working while we're doing it or accomplishing something. Like, just to go travel to travel seems silly to us. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only reason that I really went and travel is because I had a friend that did it. So he kind of just, like, told me about it. It's like, oh, yeah, you should go and do this. It's like, why would you just go and travel just to travel? But then I did it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's good. And like I just don't feel like that message doesn't get out there. It's just not a it's just not a cultural thing over here. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like if you don't want to travel, you don't have to travel. Like people enjoy different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't ju- like I don't I'm not judging the people that travel. I f- I do feel like some people that travel and do judge sometimes. Not necessarily yeah, you, yeah. but do judge people that don't like to travel because I think they correlate it with culture, which I think is nonsense. Like we like I think you can gain culture by reading. I think you can gain culture by listening and watching and viewing things. I don't think necessarily there's a lot of people that don't have the means or the, or the desire to go overseas. And that, that, so I don't think there's necessarily a correlation. I am not more cultured because I've been to Europe three times and I've been to Japan twice. Sorry, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm much more cultured in the things I've read and the things that I know. Like yeah. then, so I think that there's like an unnecessary correlation between those two things that I think makes some people snooty about it. But I think yeah. also in the United States, snooty. I think that we are just isolated from the rest of the world. Like in Europe, you can stumble into another country. If you, if you, if you... <laughs> to that point though, to that point, there's, if like the population of like Americans that have their, their passports and Canadians and Americans, it's like 30% or something. Canadians is 50%. And those motherfuckers are everywhere. Like, you can't go anywhere without seeing somebody with, like, the Canadian flag on them. Mm. And they're, they're, oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. But no, it's, it's nothing against Canadians. I'm just saying. I went they're... to college with them. I know all about it. Yeah. Um, I know Mitch Dyer. And I, don't I don't like him. <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, when I was a freshman in college, someone had a Canadian flag in the dorm window. And, so, and across the way, someone was playing Blame Canada, like, really loud. Try to piss them off <laughs> from South Park. Um, 
but uh, no, I, I just think like I, I think if people want to go travel overseas and do it like that, sound like your experience would give me fucking crazy anxiety. It's just it's just not something for me. I don't not like, knowing where you're gonna be next and how and that, much money and how yeah, like, that yeah. would drive me nuts. Especially in like. no offense, but like in third some third world countries or whatever, where it's just like like well, you see I don't some know. Shit, yeah, I, yeah. I'm yeah. just like I don't know. I get no offense. I mean, do, live how you want to live and do what you want. But I mean, yeah. that's just that's just not for me. I understand that we pay an arm and a leg to live here, but I really do think. That there, we have some excuses. We are separated by the rest of the world by two huge oceans. Mm-hmm. We have a humongous geographical country that has desert and tundra and sea, co- you know, beaches, beautiful beaches, and like we basically think there's. I'm not saying there's nothing we could find overseas that we don't have here, but geographically we pretty much have everything, especially if you include Alaska and Hawaii. So, which I would. So. It's just like I, I can. There's just a, a lot of excuses of why we don't need to leave. Like if you grew up in the Netherlands or something like that, like you you could just fall into you know Belgium, you know, like or France or like you know like it's not. So I can understand being a European, for instance, and then Canada has a has a kindred connection to Europe, so it makes sense to me that they would they would travel and all that kind of stuff since they are British in their own way. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, I don't know. I I just think our culture doesn't necessarily preclude us traveling, but I understand why we don't. And I understand why people around the world judge us for that. But I would encourage people to not judge us based on that. Our culture doesn't necessarily come from just seeing things, but rather like I I know people that I know, I I know people that have been overseas that are the most uncultured motherfuckers (laughs) I've ever met in my life. So there's no correlation between those kinds of things. Because there is a, I mean, I'm not going to disagree and say we have everything, like everything we could ever want in this country. Like we're, I'm, I've came back very, like very, um, what? Hashtag blessed. Yeah, uh, no, Number not one. hashtag blessed, but very Numerally. appreciative of like what I had growing up. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of to go abroad. It's not more or less to see see things because you'll see a lot of stuff that you've already seen. But it's just it's just the cultural part. Like you get yeah. to you get to see. There are a lot of things that we do great in this country, and I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that could probably use some work. It's just kind of cool to see how other people do things. So that's that's good to see. And like I, you do see people that just kind of go out and they're just like, oh, I'm I'm going to India to go to India. It's like, oh, the Indian food tastes so much better when you eat it with your hands. Like no. <laughs> it tastes the exact same. Yeah. Like they just want to sound like snooty. It's like just get out of here. Like go to the like, experience of people. Like a lot of people go and they just like you. They just go to stay at the like the. Well, not I don't want to bash your honeymoon here, but like they'll just go and they'll stay at the resorts and you just they just you do fucking privileged American. <laughs> but they it's just true. they just go and they do the same things that you do in the Shit United money. States. Like it's like oh I go on the weekends and I drink. Yeah. It's like I go on the and then they just do that in another country. If you're not if you're just staying on the resort and just doing that you're just going to see the same stuff it's just going to be slightly different weather Mm -hmm. and it'll just be a slightly different feel but when you actually go out and kind of try to and live with yeah get involved with the people it's it kind of opens your eyes to like just different ways yeah and that's something and that's 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 sort of my point that we were talking earlier before we did the show was Mm -hmm. that most of our travels especially together and when we were at ign had travel were really about around work and so you weren't getting that experience you were going if you were on the video team you were often carrying a ton of gear um, that you had to worry about getting through in and out of customs, which was always that was always a fun experience, always different, always unique. Um, Carnet, the Carnet form uh, was what it was called, and you, no matter what you did, you would present that to the customs official, and they would have no idea what you were talking about until they found the one guy that knew it was up and had the stamp. Um, and so there is that sort of anxiety that comes when you say travel with me, where it's okay, I have to go do work. But what I've never done, and which is something that my wife has done, which is give herself that year to be like, just go exist, go embed yourself in a different society, in a different culture, and just see. Maybe you won't like it. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it's completely different. But she has such a different perspective on the world than I do. And it's not like it's better or worse, but I think it is to some degree a little bit more broad than my perspective. Right. Whereas I happen to think that 
I, I mean, I would be perfectly fine with never, ever, ever leaving my house. Maybe to come to here once a day. Um, but then beyond that, we should get houses that attach and then you can just come through the wall. You're really big yeah. into the attached thing. Every time we stay in a hotel, you're like, can we please get rooms that attach? And I feel like first it's because you want to come jump on my bed. team joke. And then I'm just the only one who ever walks up. No, first, I so. like it. Yeah. I would support the attachment for sure. I know you would, Kevin. I want the attached houses too. I would totally do all that, but I, I want you to know yeah, that if, if Kevin comes over and jumps attached, on my bed, doors that open up in the middle, yeah. like, like the Beatles house. movie, you never leave. Uh, no, you can take the fourth house. I'll be in Montana somewhere on a fucking <laughs> on a survivalist <laughs> compound, waiting for the Russians to Jake, invade. Jacob, I want to wrap it up, but I want I want two things from you. Mm. One, what brought you home? Like, what was it? When, when did you were you like, all right, now it's time to end this journey and come home? And then two. Like, is there like a takeaway you have from it? Is there something you learned from this whole thing? So yeah, I mean, I came home because I mean, traveling on a budget eventually gets very tiresome, and I'm like, I just want to sleep in my own bed. I just want to be able to just kind of wake up. Like, you want to get back into the routine eventually. After a while, you can only do it for so long. Like, you have an, a certain amount of endurance. And I, I went a lot. I I was, was just expecting to leave initially for like three months, maybe six, mm-hmm. and a year and a half. I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I was thinking of going to South America. I'm going to go to South America eventually, but I needed to take a break and come back and just be home mm-hmm. and see my family and everything. Like, and, and going a year and a half without good Mexican food is the toughest thing I have ever <laughs> oh, done. Man. I can't go it's three days without rough. it. It's rough. It was rough. So that was, uh, yeah, I just, I just wanted to come home. I was getting homesick. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the takeaway, I mean, it's just good to, I, I mean, I really just kind of, really just became appreciative of everything that I have here. Because, I mean, you just see, you see a whole different level of, like, human suffering if you do go mm-hmm. into other places. Like, like the... What is it? The tenderloin, like that, like that's that's poor for by our standards. But if you go other places, it's just kind of crazy to see what people people deal with in like yeah. other countries and how they get they get by. Like it's crazy, like like in how inventive they are, just how because they have to do everything themselves. Like you'll go through Thailand and people will be fixing their own bikes, making their own food, and just like they just know how to do everything because they don't have they don't have the luxury of paying for pe- like paying people to sure, do things sure, for sure, them. Sure. So I mean, it's just it's good to come back and just be we we kind of have a culture where we we kind of we're always looking at what we don't have and we work towards to get those things it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to just be able to sit back and be like okay these are things that i do have and you can appreciate these things well so. i'll give you I, i'm, I'm the, the poor in the united states definitely do struggle but i i've always been intrigued by this heritage foundation thing to this point heritage foundation is like kind of a conservative thing think or whatever they release these stats about the classification of poor in the united states and why that word might not mean what we think it means it, so based on the United States poor like what poor means which I think is like whatever amount of money 80% of poor households have air conditioning 92% of poor households have a microwave in the United States nearly three-fourths have a car or truck and 31% have two or more cars or trucks mm. so like that it's just it's all relative nearly two-thirds have cable or satellite TV two-thirds have at least one DVD player and 70% have a VCR these stats are half have a personal computer and one in seven have two or more computers more than half of poor families have and children have video game systems 43% have internet access. One-third have a widescreen plasma or LCD TV. One-fourth have a digital video recorder system such as TiVo. That's what it means to be poor in the United States. Yeah. So it, it is It is all... A different it standard. Is, yeah, it's totally... It's very like, relative, yeah. So it's, I, always, I always go back to that Heritage Foundation thing. I'm like, it's all... When we, when we throw that word around, we throw that word around very fucking loosely. You want to see poor, you know. Go to go India. To, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's welcome home, Jacob. Yeah, thanks. It's yeah. good to be here. <laughs> Colin. Yes. What's your topic? I should bring my phone. So I'm going to go back on my phone. So let me give you a little setup here. Uh, I wasn't on the last episode or maybe the last two episodes uh, because I was gone for a while. I had to go home. My, my best childhood friend, Mike Pope, had gotten married. And, and uh, so I went to – we grew up across the street from each other. And um, Can I ask you a quick question about that? Yeah. Did, is Mike Pope aware of how many times he's name-checked on the show? Probably Like, not. does he watch it or pay attention? No, okay, no, okay. no, no. He has no idea. He's not, he's not – Ramon, like, actually does watch this stuff. He, he does well, Hey, Ramon. Um Actually, I think Ramon listens to it. Uh, oh, Ramon, I waved at the camera and said, hey. But uh, so 
Mike and I grew up across the street from each other, and, and I, I had, so to give some context, like, I had grown up on the island, I was born and raised there, and then when I was uh, in fourth grade, I moved to New England for five years, and I would only spend summers on the island, and then I moved back, and my dad sold our old house and bought a new house, and I moved across the street from Mike, who was this guy I knew, and we became very close friends, so he put, you know, 18 years later, I was in his wedding party, and so I had to go to Connecticut, he married uh, this really nice girl, um, Cassandra, and uh, so... I had to go to Connecticut, and where her her family, um, her like her step family, is very wealthy. They have this beautiful estate in like the middle of nowhere, it's just woods, and um, it was awesome. And uh, no service, but I was with a bunch of my old friends, um, and one of them is a professor now in college, and he brought up this. We were we were I was basically just drinking the entire time I was there, like as one Classic would do when you have no yeah. service and. We're staying in this house from 1730, and we would just sit in this around this fire pit outside of it and chairs and just, like, chat about things until, you know, all hours in the morning. And he brought up this thing that I thought was interesting. And I, So indulge me, if you will, for a minute. I want to explain to you what it is, and then I want, to, I want to ask you what you think of it. It's called the Omphalos Hypothesis, and it has another name, and we'll get to that in a minute. And the Omphalos Hypothesis is the argument. This is according to Wikipedia. This will be the best bullet way to boil it down. Is the argument that God created the world recently in the last ten thousand years in keeping with flood geology, which you would know about, Greg, because we went to Catholic school, but complete with no, si- son, but complete with signs of great age. Okay, so you guys understand that. In other words, the argument that God created the world recently, but complete with signs of great age. So you put in the fake stuff like dinosaur bones, exactly, stuff. exactly, like Disneyland, right? really good brush jokes, Indiana Jones ride, right? yeah. It says the idea saw some revival in the twentieth century by some creationists who extended the argument to light that appeared to originate in far-off stars and galaxies. Many creationists believe that Adam and Eve had no navels, and that the trees in the Garden of Eden had no growth rings. So this is like a creationist kind of idea held by some people that believe in a, in a young Earth, that it's so young, but that they acknowledge that there are signs that make it seem like it's old, but it's not. So if you were to cut down a tree in the Garden of Eden, there would be no rings in it. Or... Adam and Eve weren't born from anyone. Eve was from Adam's rib, and Adam was created by God. So they have no navels since there was no umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff. Okay. Seems and reasonable. I'm trying to find. So this God is talking about the criticism of it, mm-hmm. and then something called the Last Thursdayism, which I think is a really interesting puncture in the idea of this. And I'm curious what you guys think of this. So, okay. Um, it says. When did false history begin? This is what Wikipedia says. And this is what we were talking about. It says, they're talking about an author named Ghost. And they say, though Ghost's original Omphalos hypothesis specifies a, per, a, a popular creation story, others have proposed that the idea does not preclude creation as recently as five minutes ago, including re- including memories of times before created in situ. The idea is sometimes called Last Thursdayism by its opponents, as in the world might as well have been created last Thursday. Mm. Huh. The concept is both unverifiable and unfalsifiable through any conceivable scientific method. In other words, it is impossible even in principle to subject it to any form of test by reference to any empirical data because the empirical data themselves are considered to have been arbitrarily created to look the way they do at every observable level of detail. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish before we start. And this is one of my big things. They have a, on Wikipedia, it says a deceptive creator. It says, from a religious viewpoint, it can be interpreted as God having created a fake, such as illusions of light and space or stellar explosions that never really happened, or volcanic mountains that were never really volcanoes in the first place, and that never actually experienced erosion. The conception has therefore drawn harsh rebuke from some theologians. Um, and then it says, da, 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 I want to make sure I just... So you're saying the show never happened? Well, no. <laughs> well, well, last Tuesday show. You have a false yeah. memory uh, of this show. This okay. is the false memory you're like having right now. 
Well, it's been fun, guys. Just like that Keanu Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colin used to looking things up. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, that's. I mean, you can read a lot about it, but I was curious about that. So, there's this idea, young, you know, young Earth creationism. I mean, kind of gets into it that. Because we were talking about dinosaur bones and all that kind of thing about how people people think those things you know some people think those things were buried, mm-hmm. and the idea of like isn't that interesting that you could take this idea of like the Earth was created ten thousand years ago and God's tricking everyone and it's like well you don't know that the Earth wasn't created five minutes ago actually based on the same exact principle, hmm. and I'm curious what you guys but think it, about but, that. Hold on, that yeah. see that doesn't make sense though because it's a hypothesis, right? Mm-hmm. That it wasn't then. We do know it was five minutes ago. How do you know? The memory can be implanted in your brain. It's, oh. like, it's just like, like a goldfish. Oh, okay. They just yeah. it. Well, then, yeah. Then because the idea is remember the first guys. game over Greggy show. That's a made up event. Yeah. And this is the only real thing. But and I mean, now this is the only real thing. We can and go to YouTube.com/slash kind of funny and figure it out. It's all yeah, it's but, all that, but that it's could be there. that could be the same thing as like God could have just put that there, just like you put the dinosaur bones, just like you put the volcanoes that never actually erupted and the tree that has no rings in it. So like he's still putting signs. No, the idea is so he's just making shit up as he goes. The idea is that the I guess the principle, and I'm curious guys what you think about this, is that the ten thousand year old thing is totally arbitrary. It could have been any time. Because, like, because the the argument is like, did Adam and Eve have, did Adam specifically have false memories? Did he know that he was created? Did he know that he didn't have a navel and that was weird? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't think he was thinking about that. I've never mm-hmm. once thought about my belly button. To be I honest. think about your really, belly button a lot. yeah. I think about my belly all the time. I hate it. Yeah. The, the most thought button. I've ever put into my belly button ever was, oh whoa, that guy's belly button's going out. Mine's not. I'm kind of happy about that. That was it. <laughs> okay. See, he's a fat guy. I can dig my finger in there real deep, and yeah. it comes out. And it smells weird, and I don't like it. Well, I'm not smelling mine. I've never. Oh, like, really well, you gotta smell it. That. You gotta do it. tomorrow when you're in the show, before you get like all wet. Dig yeah. in there and smell your finger. It's not good. Oh, okay. No, and then maybe it's just a fat guy thing. Kev, you you smell weird. You clean it though. Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's gonna smell. I mean, I've cleaned it. I've cleaned. You know, I take the shower head and I do. Yeah, Q-tip the belly. Make me nauseous. Oh God, I don't like that. Make me nauseous. Not a fan of that. I don't like you, Kevin. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think I've ever smelled my belly button, but I'm gonna do that now from now it's on. It's bad. It's bad smell. It's don't weird. It. It's kind of like when Kevin, you Kevin. I wouldn't. Don't do it like in front of us. No, that's real bad. Delicious. Smell like cheese. Delicious. Because you fucking Q-tip like it chill. every yeah, day. Right. Kevin, Q-tip you... it three times a day, along with your urethra. You fucking oh, weirdo. God, no. <laughs> Ew. That's not gonna feel good, Kevin. If you had to pick a cheese that your belly button smells oh, most right. like, oh right, let's get back on topic. What would it be? So, Colin, my question is, my question to you is, is the idea behind this theory, if you were to believe, choose to believe in this theory, that it doesn't matter, like all of these, is it just basically prove that you have to just have faith? Is that is that the whole concept of like it doesn't necessarily matter when things were created that you're just supposed to have faith that God is a creator and that's it? Well, is the, that, is that... the idea to me was that I mean I think people can interpret it in different ways, but the, what to me what I, what I was curious about what you guys thought about it was it says to me that faith is probably arbitrary because. There, there's a, there's another quote in here that I think is really interesting. Um, let me find it here. Yeah, so this is from, I don't know, some writer says, God created, God essentially created two conflicting accounts of creation, one in nature and one in the Torah. So all, it's the Torah is the Old Testament, so or the Jewish Bible. So it's it's the Torah or the Old Testament, like Genesis, conflicts directly with everything we see in nature. And it says, how can it be determined which is the real story and which is the fake design to mislead us? One could equally propose that it is nature which presents the real story and that the Torah was devised by God to test us with a fake history. Yeah, but th- that's my question is why is God te- – what's the point of that? Just this is say- exactly what I'm getting – this is got, kind of the, what I drew out of it, out of our conversation in the, right. in the woods. When so I was, why fuck around? It, yeah, when I was, you know, 7,000 beers deep, then this is what the, the question <laughs> – this was the question I was asking, <laughs> which was – in your own butt beer. Which was – 
doesn't this just indicate to us that this is all nonsense? Like, why would God trick us at all? I don't know, because, like, it's kind of fun to, you know, fuck around what with people. Gonna do? Just... Like, they, like, they talk specifically about the redshift, which is a, which is a, how we know that everything's moving away from us in space, right? Mm-hmm. Like, things shift, you know, the, the um, spectrum shifts red when things are moving away, and since everything shifts that way, we know that the universe is expanding and that everything is moving away. But their suggestion is that God created the redshift to trick us. And it, it's like, why, why? It seems like it. you're going, like a lot of things in, in with people that are hardcore uh, into religion, it seems like you're going a very, very long way to explain something that really is impossible to explain one way or the other, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's where I always feel like um, people, there's a misstep with religion, is that I don't think it's right or wrong to believe in, in, in organized religion at all or in anything. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit there and be like, your belief structure is, is in, incorrect or or wrong um but when you go that far into when you go that far into putting elements out there that cannot be disproven then like why why what does it matter if you just believe what you're going to believe if that makes sense right like it's very metaphorical yeah you know you got to kind of look at it as not literal stuff but more just like ideas and just like well no there are people that i mean these people specifically that he's the con talking about are looking at it basically literally and they're setting them they're setting up the argument so that you can't disprove it ever Right. Yeah. If, it, it, it's 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 because they're, what they're doing is you're you're taking the idea of logic and just basically throwing it out the window for all intents and purposes. If I'm not mistaken, like you're 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 saying you can't this cannot this this thing that is out there cannot be proven by any scientific means be, mm-hmm. and and or logic or anything. Therefore, we're always right. Yeah. But the, the inverse of the really the and what Colin's talking about is the inverse of that argument is or you're always wrong. Yeah. Because you can't. So prove it sounds it. like we're like God's boyfriend or girlfriend. So it's just like no matter what logic. No, we're definitely sense. God's boyfriend because no matter what God says, he's always right and we're always wrong. So we're the guy in this situation or at least we're God's husband. What I'm saying is no matter based what. On my, based on yeah. my relationship with my wife and God never does the dishes. I always have to do them. Um, but it's fascinating. It's fa- you, know what's, you know what that reminds me of is a conversation we had I mean, it was a week or two ago talking about Elon Musk where mm-hmm. you were talking about the two questions that he asks people. Yeah. It's fascinating to put him in a room with a creationist and be like, because the, the so. his idea is we're in a freaking simulation. And no one knows how long the uh, the world's been around, right? Like, are we in the simulation? Does that matter? Can we ever prove that or disprove that? The Matrix. Yeah, the Matrix and all that. The the I mean, that's not what uh, the Matrix popularized that idea, I guess. Of, sure. Sure. Of existing in a simulation, but yeah, it just it was one of those things where I I never thought about it because we talked a great deal about religion and faith on this show, so I don't want to rehash those t- topics, but more about like if you just reverse engineer the thought of this of God faking it, then then we literally could have been here five minutes ago. Like he could have just snapped into existence, and we wouldn't know we're implanted with fake thoughts. Right. It's the same. It's the same exact thing. Like we have no idea that last Thursday actually happened. Right. Well, it and sounds like a la- stupid idea last- then, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like that- who believes in well, this? It sounds a like lot of people do. Young, young Earth creationists do believe in it, and I'm not judging because we were talking about. I'm not judging religions. A lot of Christians, for instance, I can only speak for that because that's the, maybe the, the sect I know best. Do believe that the Earth is five billion years old, and like do believe that the universe is thirteen point two or thirteen point five billion years old, and do believe that you know, there were dinosaurs and that humans are only a hundred thousand years old or so and stuff like that. I mean, like, so there's a lot of acknowledgement of like scientific truth, but there are people that hang on to these things where it's like, yeah, God put a volcano here that looked like it erupted 12,000 years ago, but it never actually erupted, you know? And I'm like that. And I'm like, what the the fuck are you talking about? What's the point behind that? Is it just to prove that you're like, I mean, that's such a hardcore 
Oh, I'm sorry. Kevin's not messing with the picture. Kevin is the most, by far, distracting element on this Just do planet. your job and he'll do his. I, I swear to God Do your earlier, job and he'll do his job. I swear to God talking. earlier he was doing that yoga that you do on planes. You know, where you're seated, but it's like seated yoga. So he's like doing I've down dog. I've got short arms. I can't reach things, Nick. He's turned the fan off. He knocked his Starbucks cup over a little bit. Then he sipped the Starbucks cup. Do I have to, put it back do we have to switch? Do you, do you and Tim have to switch spots? I think we might have to at some oh point. Oh, my God. You guys don't get it. Then you're gonna see him in his in your purple. I see him all the time. Right? He doesn't just, stop my he's show. He's a fascinating animal. Kevin. I'm gonna don't. get a curtain. Yes, I've said that before. We should get a curtain. You could be the man yeah. behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz. But that was the thing when you were being smelly one day or something. I threatened to trap you back there. <laughs> I don't think when I'm... you were being smelly. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I just I just don't get the idea. Like, what what does it matter? Like, why why prove ten thousand years? Is it just simply to prove Adam and Eve were the were the Begin uh, or the beginning of uh, is this is it kind of like like conspiracy theories kind of like people I feel like people believe these things just so like they can believe something different like it's it's just like kind of a different it's like I want to put my faith in this just to believe this but like are you just doing it so you can use it as like a like a conversation topic yeah. it's like oh have you ever heard this topic well, like, I, like, think, I think it's I so like it's 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 that thing when like. You know how sometimes I talk out of my ass, ninety percent of ninety nine percent of the time, yes, and then Nick, I'll be like, familiar. "This thing happened, and it's true." And you go, "No, Nick, it's not true." And there's that thing in in human brains that go, "Well, they just disproved this, but because I chose to believe in yeah. it so long, I'm going to now take the opposite reaction that I should have. And instead of listening to my friends and trying mm-hmm. to figure out a scientific way of proving this, I'm going to go the opposite way and just say, "No, I believe this. You're wrong." Yeah. And but it's taking that to the extreme of saying like. Not only are you wrong, but I've just made up a bunch of different criteria for that why any you're wrong. excuse you have means right. you're that wrong. That negates yeah. it, right? Um, and so, and, and it sucks. And it is sort of like, it's it's basically arguing with someone who has thrown logic out the window. Mm-hmm. You're just, I'm just making things up right now that are so far out of left field that, of course you can't disprove it. Because it's impossible to prove or disprove. And that's that's where we're at right now. And it's impossible. There's... there's it's impossible arguing with people who have chosen to completely abandon all logic. It, you just can't do it. And granted, I could be wrong, but we'll never prove it one way or the other. So all I all I can prove is what I can see and what other people can prove. You won't know until it's too late. The, oh, it's probably the, it's already too late. That's for us. I mean, and that that's kind of, that, the mayonnaise is sneaking <laughs> up on us. A you won't. Bit. I mean, if faith, if faith is real, I mean, I talked about it with my dad a little bit about you know per, specifically about purgatory and stuff, and about you know I'm not a believer, but I live a good life, so I will probably go to purgatory, mm-hmm. and I won't know that until. I go to purgatory, you know, like that, like, and my idea was like, would God smite me? Or if I went to St. Peter at the gates, would he let me in? Even though I didn't believe because I was good. Well, Tim you would know? talk his way into the gates easily. Tim and Kevin would be in on the inside, but like, dude, we'll get you in. Just wait, just wait. And wait. I know. Go get Mike. Go get Mike. Go get Mike. Hey, is Mike, Mike told me I could come in. Who's Mike? Mike, just go get Mike. I don't know where you're Mike. 5.7 billion Mike show up. <laughs> and they put you into the lowest pits of hell for even messing with St. Peter. Um, <laughs> for lying to St. Peter. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, it was interesting to me just in the sense that, uh, you know, I, I, it's kind of what you said, Nick, like where I, nature, the natural world around us tells us a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And this is what always infuriated me, infuriated me about the Old Testament. The New Testament doesn't really bother me that much. It, the, I mean, there's things in it that are ridiculous, but the Old, the old Testament is just completely ridiculous. Everything about it. And like, that's the, that's the thing that really bothers the shit out of me. Like the Genesis story itself is just totally out of sequence anyway. Like they're creating things out of order compared to like the way the natural order, like the way that like the way a planet, well, a sun would be created, and then the, and then the planets around it, and all that kind of stuff. And then people are like, "Well, it's just a, it's just a, a story. It's just you know." And I'm like, "But the, this kind of stuff comes from people that take it literally." Yeah. So that's that that's so there's not even agreement there where some people are like, "No, it's an analogy based on millions or billions of years, or whatever." But then you get the human element in it with Moses and all that kind of stuff, and and the you know the flood and Noah, and it's like none of it makes any sense. But there's like all of this stuff that just 
puts it together anyway in a way that makes the most sense to, to people. And to me, it's just like, I feel like the Old Testament, you can learn a great deal about the Old Testament. I think you can learn a great deal, especially about the New Testament, about how to live a good life. But um, maybe we should just acknowledge that these are old fables. And at some should... point, it doesn't mean that there's no God. It just means sure. that these were written down by humans who then, co- like, we don't even know when these things were written or who wrote them. Yeah. Moses might have written, the, himself might have written the, written the Pentateuch. But like we don't know which are the first five stories of the of, or books of the Old Testament, but we don't know we even know who the fuck wrote it. Yet we take it as gospel, sure, which is where that term came from. But yeah. we, we do know gospel refers to the New Testament. But we do know it was written in a time when scientific advancements didn't really understand the world around, and so you had to sort of fill in the gaps exactly with something. Sure, maybe that was a your imagination. Most likely, it was. Um, and so, and, and that's, that's the thing that's very dangerous is if you take them as allegories or you take them as, as metaphors and you take them as, as sort of a not literally way of living your life, then I think it's a, it, there's a lot more good to be had than, than harm. But when you start taking them literally, it becomes very dangerous to me and it becomes yeah. very scary to me because what it tells me is that you are not really paying attention to the world around you. You are choosing to sort of, uh, live under this blanket of, like this barrier between you and the rest of the world and you're just taking it blind faith in any way in any walk of life terrifies me i don't like it i don't like people that don't doubt things and don't question things i don't like people that follow things without question um i think that i chose i've chosen to surround myself with a group of of people and i always have that constantly keep me on my toes with questions and doubt and 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 keep me in check because if it wasn't for if it weren't for tim and kevin i would go on thinking that you know I would I would always misquote Drake. Always, I would be constantly singing the wrong lyrics to a Drake song, yeah. and that's it's a stupid. Low, that's a stupid way. That's a stupid way of putting it. Right? Yeah. I, I'm drinking on the low, yeah, drinking right. on the reg. Nope. No, see, it's wrong. wrong. That's yeah. wrong, and you know it's wrong, and you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta check me on that. But I could sit here and argue that it's right. Yeah, you could and try I to put it with Google, know. but I would just be like, no, that's a different version of the song. You would never know. See, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a ridiculous argument, and it's scary. And it's scary because that's not how you progress. That's not how we as a people progress as as, as humans. We just we it's impossible. You have to constantly be honest with yourself, and it sucks. And you have to look out there and say, "Oh shit, maybe some of the world just doesn't make sense. Maybe it's not fair. Maybe it won't be evened out. Right. Maybe that's just the way nature works. Is that maybe it's not all fair and just, and at the end it's all going to even out. Maybe you know Tim might get eaten by a bear one day, and there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. He was the just the wrong the place, the wrong time. Or to be perfectly honest, if it's Tim, it's probably because he was trying to feed the fucking bear cereal. For some stupid ass video or something, or trying to get, or he wrote Rolling a rap Chris? video where he's yeah. like, "You know what we really need in this? We need a bear, a fucking bear, dog, a yeah. bear." And Kevin's like, "I really need true. you a fucking bear. Mm-hmm. Order that shit off of eBay right yeah. now." And the bear shows up and he eats Tim. Yep, but there, it exactly spits out the funny hat. There are just there are two things that are certain, and this is because I have a great deal of respect for people with faith, and you I have a respect, I have a deal of respect for religion, especially because my dad's a religious person. And we were talking one night when I was still home about how I want to believe and I go through these things where I try to believe and my mind just won't let me like it's just no. my mind's just like this isn't real like like you know it's not real you're trying to, like you and you're trying to believe it that it is real there's two things that religion gets away with that nothing else gets away with mm-hmm. think about the constitution of the United States right it was written mm-hmm. in 1787 ratified in the late 1780s all that we Take know exactly who the fuck wrote it we yeah. know exactly who wrote it right mm-hmm. it has provenance we don't we didn't the United States isn't coming to being and they're like oh we have this document and it was copied about 5,000 times from other people that wrote it. And this is what we live by right now. But with the Bible, especially with the Old Testament, these things were copied. Hundred, like this was 15, 2,000, 2,500, 3,000 years before Gutenberg, right? So this was like there was no printing press, nothing. You had to copy them, copy them, copy them, copy them, copy them over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this point. 
to a point where you can really trust that the copies are the right. So like maybe like after the church was founded, mm. but in, so like early AD or whatever. But like it's the only thing that gets away with like no provenance. We have no idea who the fuck wrote the shit. Mm-hmm. We have no idea where it came from, and even like in the New Testament, as we talked about before, the gospels even contradict each other. You know, right. like in in certain places, it's, it's like it's remarkable that like we look for provenance and 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 logic and everything. But we don't look for it here, and that's why I thought this thing was interesting, because it's saying, like, if you believe the literal version of this, then there's no reason to believe that this shouldn't happen five, literally five minutes ago. It's There's no reason to believe that the universe wasn't created last Thursday. And I thought that that was an interesting thing, and I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring that to you guys, because it, it makes, I had never thought about it in that respect, and it, and it and to me it was quite thought-provoking. Not in a disrespect to religion, but maybe in an encouragement to religion and religious texts, whether it's the Torah, whether it's the, the New Testament, whether it's the Quran, whatever it is, to say, like, maybe we can learn a few things from these fables yeah, and these stories. And I believe Jesus existed. We've talked about that in the past. It's clear. The Roman historians talk about him. That definitely did exist. But maybe we can learn from these different things and live a better life. But let's not be – let's not talk as if we know that these things really happened because we don't. We know that James Madison wrote the Constitution. We know that the Magna Carta was the first, you know, Constitution of its kind, and who wrote it. We know that this happened. We know that this happened. But that shit, we have no idea if it happened. Yet we believe it. Yeah, and that and that is that is you know that's where this came from. So I wanted to bring it up. It's yeah, it's a da- it's a slippery slope. It's a dangerous slope because then the argument I would take on the opposite side to play devil's advocate was, well, you don't know that. That's just and that's last Thursdayism. That's yeah. last Thursdayism. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's yeah. why it's and that's the beauty of the thing is that it's so frustrating because you cannot disprove it. Mm-hmm. But you cannot dis- – that's the whole point. That's the idea because that was what was frustrating Tim. That's the point. I can't disprove the Old Testament either because if I look at a star that's 25,000 light years away and I'm like, that's 25,000 light years away. The light reached us. We must have been here for at least 25,000 years. They'd be like, no. God, God put, put that, that there. there. And that's where last Thursday's came from. Mm-hmm. So that's I thought I'd, I'd throw that out there and maybe provoke some thoughts, some interesting comments out there in the audience. I think we look at religion and religious text too literally. And I think that even if you don't look at them literally, we should just try to learn good things from them and, and kind of understand that yeah. they have no provenance. My topic. Mm. This is one Jacob implanted in my head and then tried to get out of my head and can't get out of my head. What's mm. the key to happiness? Great question. Jacob, Relationships. You... Relationships. Mm. I think relationships. I don't think of necessarily romance, but all variety. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, mm. it's talking, it's communicating with others mm-hmm. and... The relationship you have with yourself, which sounds deeper than I, I mean it, but just like kind of like understanding who you are and then understanding. And I think you understand who you are through others. And then once you become who you want to be, then surrounding yourself with people that challenge that yeah. to keep being someone different <laughs> and like just better, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about like progression. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that it's that it's that it's the the motion of progression that is what happiness is mm. because it you, you can't it's not a goal that you just get it's like sure there's no it's a constant it, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's emotion a, it is emotion yeah. and that so is saying it's not a destination it's a, it's a pursuit of happiness yeah. yes in a way yes it's a good one thank you yeah it's true though right because you're never happy all the time yeah. I'm happy maybe 5% out of the day I don't think I've ever been happy that's good true happiness <laughs> Colin, you're you're you are ha- you're always happy because you're happiest when you're unhappy. Ooh. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. About, about, I think this is I think it's an easy question to answer. It's subjective. Yeah. It's sure. totally subjective. Like a person's definition of happiness is gonna be like Tim is a social being, for instance. I think my definition of happiness would be somewhat different. I think Greg's and everyone else at the table would be somewhat different. I will say that happiness sneaks up on me 
all the time. Mm -hmm. It snuck up on me, like, we were talking about when I was in Connecticut. I, I had a moment of clarity when we were around that fire where I'm like, I'm really fucking happy right now. I love fire. I'm around my people. Mm -hmm. I'm in this fire. I got a fucking shitty beer in my hand. No internet. I have no choice but to look at these beautiful stars. By the way, remind me to tell you the story. I'll maybe save it for another time when we took a walk into the dark. Fucking pitch dark for, like, in a mile and a half to go to this lake. I've never, it's never been that dark in my entire life, and I've never seen stars like this in my yeah, entire life up. either. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it, was awesome. it was fucking unbelievable. But, and that was real happiness. I was just sitting on a rock drinking beers by this lake. So it's like, but that's not always going to make me happy. Sometimes being alone makes me happy. Sometimes listening to sure, a good yeah. song makes me happier. Sure. So I think that it's, I think happiness, like any emotion, is, is not necessarily human, but maybe maybe mammalian or, or however you would say like for mammals or higher thinking creatures that can get past the very act of just surviving an yeah. ant can't be happy but a dog can be happy dogs look happy as fuck you know sometimes. so but portillo happy. isn't self-aware either so his condition of happiness is based on very simple things that wouldn't make us happy mm -hmm. yet his food makes him happy food makes me happy food used oh. to make, food used to make greg happy so it was one of those things where <laughs> you're the one eating salads every day no we don't talk about that so, <laughs> so I think I, I just think happiness is just this thing that I I, I do also believe that happiness is fleeting, always. Well, it's it's, it's an emotion. It's endorphins, yeah. right? Like you know the chemical makeup of it or what's going to happen. So I think yeah, like the thing is for happiness, yeah, like it's knowing yourself and what you want, I guess, right? In that moment, in that thing, right? Like I you remember like when events come around or meeting or like parties or whatever and you don't want to go to them but then you get dragged to going to them you don't have a good time because you know you wouldn't have good it's it's not being afraid of not being afraid to say you don't want to go do that right because you don't want to go do that what do you what do you really want to do in that moment you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Huh. so maybe it's not necessarily the key to happiness because everyone make is made different by like made happy by different things mm -hmm. so maybe it's more or less maybe tools for people to use to maybe find that because there are there are certain mindsets you need to get into i think in order to to be happy so I mean, the way that I think, kind of what I discovered um, through just what I've done is I think there's a couple of things that are really important. Uh, the first one is to be a selfish son of a bitch, which, let me... Let me about the game over your show. So, to get the argument from there's us. just to break it down. It's just that's kind of a, a weird way of putting it, but it's just to pursue what you want. You have to you have to know what you want. And you have know to yourself. go. Yeah, you have to go after and get it. Exactly. Like an example of you guys is you worked at IGN and you you were good there. You had a great had a good career, but you knew that you wanted to do something else. So you could have stayed at IGN, but you decided to do the selfish thing and pursue your own business and do your own thing. And I think pretty much anyone would agree that people that are part of the community anyways would say that this is a good move like it helped them out uh i'm sure people really like watching you what you do here because you get to do it the way that you want to do it instead of doing it the way with with uh under restraints i guess sure but with a boss yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, i just feel like being selfish it gets a it gets a really negative connotation but i feel like if you have like a good moral compass like a functioning moral compass it's really not that bad if you're not going out of your way to step on other people to go where to what you want to do it's fine just Find out what you want, pursue it, and it might be different for other people, but just know that, I mean, I just feel like in countries like America, Great Britain, Australia, et cetera, et cetera, is we have the opportunity to do it, so you should just do it. I mean, it's pretty it's very, easy. Uh, Ayn Rand I was going to say, it sounds very objectivist. Yeah. Oh, but, with, but with, uh, I don't know if you like Ayn Rand or know her, mm. uh, objectivism. The, like the pers I'll look up the exact definition for you, but <laughs> but it, it's not it's, it's not quite there because like her her whole... we have Colin. Don't put yourself out. This is what we have Kevin over there for sweating. I just Kevin, want to make sure. Type can you look Kevin. up objectivism for us. No, I'm gonna. I got it right now. It's fine. He just shook his head at me. No, anyway, yeah. so it's not like it's. <laughs> he's being selfish. He's a yeah. selfish. Yeah. He doesn't want to do that. He's not gonna do that. No, I understand. I respect. What's funny is he he zones out over there. I give him something to do. What makes him happy is his stupid Google watch. 
Couldn't even say, hey, Google, define objectivism. It is excessive. So here, it says, objectivism's central tenets are that reality exists independently of consciousness, that human beings have direct contact with reality through sense perception, that one can attain objective knowledge from perception through the process of concept formation and inductive logic, that the proper moral purpose of one's life is the pursuit of one's own happiness, that the only social system consistent with the morality is one that displays full respect for individual rights embodied in laissez-faire capitalism. And that the role of art in human life is to transform humans' metaphysical ideas by selective reproduction of reality into a physical form. That sounds exactly like what yeah, you just said. Yeah, that's what I said. I mean, yeah. it, it, it kind of Can is. Can you quote me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, but it's not quite as Thank you. Uh, if you cold. had come up with that, I don't think you have to worry about money for travel. No, no, no. no, no, no. It's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not quite as cold as what she was saying. But yeah. her, her whole thing is like humans exist to make themselves happy, yeah. not to make others happy. But that his whole thing is... It's, Not that because it's like you exist to make yourself happy, but that does make other people. Yeah, happy. but that's, I mean, that's I, that's how I try to live my life. Yeah, and I some, feel like when I'm happy and I'm around people, it makes them happier too. Yeah, and some people, that's what they want to do. Like they want to create a charity so they can charity so they can help people, or they want to have kids so they can like raise a kid and make that kid happy. Like it, everyone has different things that they want, and it's just kind of up to you to figure that out. Well, yeah, but that's but also well, let's take a step back because what you're talking about those two examples that you just. Um, used one could argue that you're creating a charity to help other people because that makes you happy exactly that's that's a grand seeing, argument. seeing those people not dying on the streets makes you happy right and so uh, everyone always talks about that being selfish and how it's you know you get a lot of shit for that when you when you bring that word up in a negative context mm-hmm. but it's not a negative thing no the, the the world is where it's at right now and we have all of these amazing uh, we have amazing technology and we have amazing way of life here in this country because of selfishness because it's driven by capitalism and capitalism is a very selfish thing mm-hmm. it's I want to create something to gain something because for one reason or the other that makes me happy and it's not I hear this all the time as a person who doesn't want to have kids people go well that's really selfish it's really selfish of you not to want to have kids because you ought to bring another life form onto this planet so that you can raise it and help progress humanity um, but what I see is I see a lot of people having children because they want to see a reflection of themselves in a smaller being and right. have something to carry on that little portion of themselves forever, right? In right. some degree, it's, it's sort of a little bit of immortality or it's, it's just they derive some sort of pleasure from it. Right. So that that in and of itself is selfish. Both, mm-hmm. both. I'm not saying that not having kids isn't, right? Have, it is. Kids, it's very have, selfish. If you have kids, you have to do it for the right reasons. Well, but right. I, even the right reasons are selfish. Such even those right yeah. reasons are to make you happy and to enrich yeah. your life with a child. So... Don't get me wrong. I mean, don't 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 make mince any bones about it. When I see, you know, a parent that has twins at a Starbucks and she's not paying attention to those kids and she's drinking her latte, you know, there's a fair amount of selfish nature that goes into that. Now I'm sure she shows the kids love eventually when she chooses to. Eventually, <laughs> maybe. No, when she chooses That's to. Good enough, yeah. You know, when eventually, she chooses yeah. to interact with her child or whatever. And I'm using this as a hypothetical. I haven't seen this, you know, since last Saturday, but. But yeah, I don't think that's wrong, and I think you're absolutely right as far as, far as happiness is because after at a certain point, there's the uh, you have to do what's right for you, and mm-hmm. it's especially the same in relationships. If you're not doing what's right for you and what's good for you in a relationship, mm-hmm. well, inevitably, what you're doing is you're you're basically living for that other person, and you're headed toward yeah, it's disaster. Like a, if you're if you're trying to make other people happy all the time and depriving yourself of happiness, you're not going to be happy. And, and by doing that, so, that's so going to make that is just setting miserable. yourself up for so much failure, and you're just yeah. it's game yeah. over, kid. Yeah. And we saw we saw it a lot with our parents' generation, especially because yeah. I feel like, especially with the with my mother specifically, you know, she gave up a lot to raise two kids, and I think that she goes back, and it's not a regret, I don't think, but I think she would have liked to have had a career, and I think she would have liked to have taken a little more time for herself over the years. And I, you know, I'm not I'm not hy- uh, hypothesizing about that. I'm, I've talked to her about this, right? right? She's like, I love you guys, I love the kids. You guys were assholes when you were kids, because my brother and I are assholes. Yep. But you were great. You were you were fine. You didn't break any major laws. Um, but, but she gave up a lot to get you I guys I think there. she yeah, also so. would have liked to have a little bit more of a life 
independently of her family. And I, that's something you don't necessarily learn until you gain a little perspective with, right. with time. Um, but to me, I'm the same way as you, right? I think yeah. the idea of, to me, happiness or what what makes happen what makes me happy is chasing after my goals is is doing the things that i want to be doing in life and living being the kind of person that i always knew i could be day after day you know just building that momentum like similar to what tim's talking about which is going after there and trying to accomplish things that's yeah. what makes me happy i mean it's interesting you guys bring up the, the selfishness and all that stuff because i feel like everyone is selfish and that's kind of built in that literally any decision you make if you're doing something to benefit yourself it's selfish right. in some way it's more about once you understand that and once you're okay with that and you start living with that yeah, and making your decisions based on knowing that. I think that's when you're allowed to be happy. Yeah, like you've now g- gained the right to be happy, and you can start working towards that happiness. Or else you're just like pretending you're not selfish, which is like you're just you're not doing that's it. Right. Not really human. You're not, yeah. yeah, you're not understanding he, what it is human, to be human. If you're human, you're selfish. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of our natural. You are. You yeah. are right. We yeah. do everything because we have to because we want to. Right. You eat. Why do you eat? You go, for you, you to die. live, you which is selfish. Live, you would die, right? yeah. So, right? And there's, <laughs> Sorry, there's also point. that argument if you're going to go too far down the objectivist uh, hole, which I don't know if we want to right now or not, Colin, but there's the argument. I'm always that, down for it. All right. Take us. Uh, you know, there's, there's that argument to take the charity, right? Where people are like, no, no, you start a charity. You start a charity to help other people because it's selfless. But can it be selfless? If it I were selfless, you would be. Argument. You I would, don't think it can. One would have to be miserable. There like, are, I mean, miserable. There are examples of selfless people. Yeah. Mother Teresa, Gandhi, like that's why we respect these people. Like well, Obama, on some, they, on some level, didn't yeah, you Obama. think Mother Teresa derived an insane amount of fulfillment from helping other people? No, I from... really think she was so super pious. I, I and mean, I think that that like was one of the things that doesn't. Yeah, she wasn't doing it to update her, her like status no, or anything. Like on her Facebook status, like, like oh, I'm helping all these people right now. Go out and you help bring those people just a, a little bit better of a life. Isn't there something that you you take a step back inside and go, feels good. I accomplished you feel this. Good I feel you... good. I'm going to keep doing this because this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. And that's that's the whole. No, I agree with that. And I think that that's that's the argument. It's just that there's not that many people like that because her argument, Ian Rand's argument for me would be for charity to be like, you're helping someone, but it makes you feel good yeah. that you're helping someone. Yeah. So there's always there's always like, and you do want credit for that. You're helping someone. You should probably get credit for that. I mean, the thing about laissez-faire and capitalism, and especially just laissez-faire generally, is that define laissez-faire. Laissez-faire. Laissez-faire, it, it, laissez-faire is a was an old like mercantile term that had to do with like hands off. So like a system that works itself with very little outside involvement, got gotcha. you in control. So laissez-faire capitalism is like hands off capitalism, mm-hmm. like uh, like live and let live capitalism kind of. Um, and it's not a term we really use anymore because laissez-faire systems don't really exist anymore. Um, for instance, there's a stock market with a bunch of controls on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like after 1929, although not enough to stop it from happening again. Um, so, but but capitalism is inherently selfish because cap like what what's lost on a lot of people with capitalism and why I think it's somewhat of a beautiful system in the sense that it gives us. Let me back up. Capitalism is a system is the most perfect system for economics that exists yet it is not perfect itself because it creates vast it creates a bunch of new goods capitalism has given us everything in this room everything the camera the light the tv the soundboard the microphone kevin superman like superman was created to make money that camera was created to make money this microphone was created to make money money. kevin was created to make money the fan like so nothing and this is i actually got into an argument recently because something really terrible happened recently and it's terrible in quotes because i mean it's based on how you look at it where a hedge fund acquired 
this HIV drug and then oh, jacked yeah, up yeah, the yeah, price fifty five hundred percent because they need to make money on it. And my argument is like went this from is like seventy six dollars a pill to like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, like something. That. I mean, maybe even more than that. Yeah. And the argument was, and I've I'm kind of in the middle of this because I'm like this is this is a tough one, right? This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. That HIV pill probably cost five, ten, fifteen billion dollars to make. Right? To research and develop. Right. Yeah. R and D. I know farm. Like I actually got into an interesting argument, not argument, conversation with uh, my friend Kevin, who's been on the show. He's on NHL yeah. ninety four. Not not mm-hmm. not that Kevin. Who's you on NHL ninety four? Mania exactly. And his wife, who we, we went to Northeastern with, is a pharmacist. And I was talking to her about something interesting I was reading about with Bernie Sanders and universal health care, mm-hmm. which is and this thing is true. Where they say the United States not only makes a great deal of like American pharmaceutical companies in a capitalist system make a lot of the medicine that we use around the world, but that we also subsidize the cost of everyone else's medicine by paying more for it. Mm-hmm. And that's an inconvenient fact for a lot of people to acknowledge that we that prices uh, medicine prices in Western Europe, for instance, in social socialized medicine medical systems are as cheap as they are because we pay so much for them. Mm. So there's this... Oh, so we offset the, the research and development cost. Exactly. And then by the time it gets over there, they're Mo- like, we can sell it for much less. Something like we have 4.4% of the of the population of the world, we pay 40% of the world's costs for health, for, for medicine, and most of the profit from the pharmaceutical companies comes from American from Americans. Mm-hmm. So this this argument about like whether it's right or wrong is, t- is a tough one because the medicine wouldn't exist if there was no profit motivation to make it in the first yeah. place. Just like Superman wouldn't exist if there was no profit motivation to create him. And... So the system is an imperfect system because it, 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 at the end of the day, creates losers, right? And that's it ha- there has to be winners and there has to be losers for the system mm-hmm. to work. And that's the unfortunate reality. So when it gets to something very serious like medicine, you have to have really hard conversations where it's like, yeah, maybe this should be free for everyone. But if it was, who is going to create the next medical breakthrough? Mm-hmm. Because they will not make it for free, you know? There are certain medical things, like I think the polio vaccine and stuff that were given away for free, but that's very rare. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the drugs that stem the tide of cancer, the drugs that help heart disease, all these things, they're made for profit. They're made with profit motivation. And so it's a really tough situation we find ourselves in. That's why the system isn't perfect. It's just probably better than all the other systems. We just don't have a more utopian way of living because no one's going to spend 20 years working on the next cancer breakthrough for free. But I guess the question is how much money do they have to make, right? Yeah, like and that's, that's what it comes and, down to. Is exactly. What's the actual reasonable amount for these the hedge fund to make to keep this drug going to get it to the people who need it? Exactly. And that's what someone had brought up on the Facebook group where I was talking about it, an interesting question, which is like, this is just greed. This is capitalistic greed. And I was like, how do you define that? Because that, like, that me, like, so I'm mm. like, do we have a, is 5% profit too much? 2%, 10%, 20%, 100%? Like, it's just, it's a tough thing to, to, to describe and so when it when it deals with something arbitrary like a camera it's like who the fuck cares how much they make on the camera how much how much can it makes on the camera really doesn't matter we can just go buy another camera but when it comes to this drug that is owned by this company mm-hmm. and they're charging an arm for a leg for it it's like well shouldn't you just be giving that away and then the other argument is no they probably can't you know yeah because this guy's argument was that we put this into the into the next thing and so on and so forth and of course they're making a very tidy sum as well yeah so well, that's a good question in other words i just don't know I'm in the middle of that one because I'm like, that's a fucking tough one, you know? It is tough. I mean, to use the analogy of the camera, there's no life or death involved with how right. I don't care. If Canon goes under next week as a company, no one's going to die from it. Right. Well, that's the, 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 I mean, the real thing is life and death and the immediacy of it. If Canon, mm-hmm. if Canon says these cameras now cost $100,000, we right. don't buy them. No cool. one buys right. them. They, go they bring the price down and get it back to where it is. Right. The drug you need to survive or beat HIV is a different mm-hmm. story. Right. People that's why it feels, for that. that's, that's why, why it feels like people are getting a gun held to their head and I, and right. I, I respect that, and I think that that's probably a, that's a bridge too far even for me as someone who believes in a free market where it's like you got to have a little bit of 
it's like a matter of good taste. Well, you know, it's like, a matter of like it's like yeah. it's a matter of literally you know people are gonna die because of this, right? People are or they're they're not they're either gonna have to die or they're gonna have to be uh, people who are already in a really bad situation are gonna have to be forced to do things that to get this pill that you don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're gonna have to break the law. Maybe they're gonna have to go to other other countries to get it. Um, the argument they always use, and the argument that I've often heard about the the insane price for these pills, is that they take that and put it into R and D. Well, first of all, it takes years to get it passed through the FDA. Yeah, that's a lot of the money. It takes a lot of money. For... You have to do clinical trials or clinical trial to make sure it works because a you don't want to give it, put a drug into the world that kills either people. doesn't work or kills people or has um, bad side effects or has bad side effects. And b uh, they take that money and then they were able to quote unquote research and develop other pills for other for their other ailments. And then there's the also the op- the opposite argument where they're like, no, why don't you take that money and find the cure for it? And then of of course, the problem with that is there's no money in a cure. They always say there's no money in a cure. There's only money in treatments. Right. Because if you cure something and it's gone, like polio, you're like, oh, well, yeah, if we make cure any money cancer, we, f- we fix cancer. That's a huge. Yeah, there's right. always there's always been massive conspiracy theories about that too. Yeah. With, with pharmaceutical companies, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not I don't, so sure. It's I not, believe it. It's I not totally correct. believe. I don't yeah. know if I do simply because it's the same. It's the same logic behind the moon landing conspiracies. It's like someone would have said something by now. There are thousands and thousands of people working at these companies tens of hundreds of thousands of people that have been in and out mm-hmm. of that system like someone would have if they were just if the guy who created the cancer vaccine for instance would have been like where is the cancer vaccine that i know i created you know yeah. like so i don't i that's why i don't believe it's the same reason why I believe like, it. it's inside your new car and you'd be like what a volkswagen okay and holy shit i love passage because there's a thing so far where even if you signed a gag order or whatever someone would have said something sure. you know like it doesn't matter that's because true. that's but but it is that is the classic. I don't even know how the fuck we got on this conversation. But this uh, is happiness is happiness. HIV. We figured it out. Uh, <laughs> but the, it's a cla- it's a classic Hobson's choice, and that's why I thought that conversation was so interesting. Where it's like, you could take this drug and give it away for free, and you will have no further drugs from this company because they will have no money to research the next drug. Or you can charge money for it, save some people, and have money for the next drug that might save some people. And that's a fucking that's the fucking ultimate Hobson's choice, but there's yeah, really but, not a great middle ground for that either. You it's know? one of those things that's taking a step back and saying, okay, well, this isn't really reality for all of us because we don't need this drug. So you're like, oh, I can see both sides. But if you were in need of that drug and someone said, it's going from, and I, my numbers might be wrong, but I thought I read it was like something from like $75 a pill to like 750 and we can look it up. If someone were to say that to me, I'd be like, oh my God. I'm probably either going to go my, – my choices now are go so far into debt that I'm going to go bankrupt and never be able to live a life and probably eventually die or just die now. Like there's just nothing that's going to happen. That is a special kind of evil. And I don't necessarily believe in evil. I believe that, that men are capable of doing both good and evil at the same time. But that is to me immediately makes my brain think there's a bunch of really fucked up people sitting around a table and just scheming. You know what I mean? Scheming about how much do we really think we can get out of these poor people that are that are dying of HIV? There's no doubt about it. And this, the problem is because this is where I got this information from a PBS article on Market Watch mm-hmm. where they were talking about not only the pharmaceutical companies in the United States but the American military, and we'll get into that in a minute. Where people, we will about why that is because it's, 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 it's just an interesting corollary to this. Mm-hmm. Where he was saying that the author was basically saying like it's just. Like Western European socialized countries buy medicine in mass quantities because mm-hmm. they're buying them as a system, so uh, they can drive the price down. It's just, price it's just like that, why yeah. something on Amazon is cheaper than it is at a supermarket, right? Mm-hmm. But we have all of these different apparatuses that have no interest in keeping costs down, so they're the ones inflating the system. So it's not necessarily a positive thing that we're actually filling the coffers of these pharmaceutical companies at the sake of Western Europe's cheap medicine. The idea would be that we would all drive the costs down, but it doesn't drive the cost of research down. So. The money would still need to be made. It's a fucking right. terrible situation. That's the only point I'm trying to make is I'm not defending the system. I'm just saying this system exists for a reason, and you might not like the alternative. 
you know, better than what it is right now. And, that, and, that, and I bring up the military only because they were saying the United States, everyone always criticizes the United States for spending so much on the military, except for that makes everyone else not have to spend so much on the military. You know, their idea is like we are actually like for in NATO, for instance, we're basically the brunt force of NATO. So no one else has to really spend money on the military. So it's easy for them to criticize our military bloat. But if we didn't have that military bloat, they'd be in trouble. And that was the and that was the argument of the medicine thing too, where it's like in the system as it exists right now, if we weren't spending so much on medicine, they would have to, you know. And uh, so it's just it's a these are just a series of as we talk about happiness, just a series of just terrible hops and choices that we find ourselves in. So we just bear the brunt of the military spending. We bear the brunt of the of the medical spending. Mm-hmm. And if we weren't to do that, what would the system look like? We might not like the alternative. I don't know how we got on that conversation. No idea. But it's pretty interesting. Great. Yeah, to I... answer your original question, uh, which was answered very succinctly in the classic film Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. by one uh, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of the women. That is happiness. Okay. I like Tim's answer the best. Yeah, okay. I think that was a little better. You didn't like Schwarzenegger? Is it because I didn't say I like Schwarzenegger? Yeah. yeah. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the limitation of the women. That's good. Thank you. Conan. And Conan, did they ask him what happiness is? Yeah, he's sitting in the middle. He's sitting on a table. And all the warlords are sitting around, the guys that trained him. And they ask one of the other dudes, they're uh... like, what is happiness? And he goes, I don't know. Some, he, was, he says some dumb shit answer like, feel the wind on the back of my head and the rain on my face as I'm riding a horse. And they're like, wrong, Conan. And he goes, crush your enemies. See them driven before you. Hear the limitation of the women. And the guy's like, yes, crushed it. Crushed it, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> crushed it, Schwarzenegger. Awesome scene. They left it. They just Schwarzenegger. Well, it's Conan Schwarzenegger, the Barbarian. I see. I see. You I didn't see. know that? I didn't know that. No, I missed that part. Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta brush up on your classic films. Greg, real quick before we get out of this. Yeah. Even though it has nothing to do with what you were actually talking about, sure. more of the more of the ancillary thing that we ended up talking about. I, I thought about this really quick, and it was it was interesting, in my opinion. There's a, a, one example of a, pro, a prolific, prominent, centrally controlled economy right in world history the soviet union right and what of any worth ever came out of the soviet union like in terms of products we got that great shot of putin shirtless on a horse that's Mm. post-soviet the point i'm trying to make is that the point i'm trying to make (laughs) is that what came out of it the the point on a horse well yeah (laughs) later i guess the point i'm trying to make it just just to put a bow on that ancillary conversation was that and that's what's so fascinating and again the hobson's choice of of economies is that trying to figure out what this bar has to do with anything hobson's choice Oh, the bar and funny Hobson's choice is, is two bad decisions. I know, I'm just joking around. Uh, or we two bad choices. This, um, <laughs> is that nothing came out? No, nothing really valuable came out of it because there was no profit motive. <laughs> For those of you not living in San Francisco and have no idea what I was just talking about, there's a bar called Hobson's Choice. Is that Hayden and Clayton? It's Thank like, you it's, for it's, explaining. It's, it used to be a great bar. I, I was more offended it was by the stupid joke to begin with. The, the high bar. five you gave my fist bump. <laughs> Let me see it again. The stick shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did in karate. It's the fist, which is the yeah. power, and then the control. Did you do the thing where you started here like this down and you spin it as Well, you we used up? to do this. We, when we were doing katas, you would end all of them with, you would take the fist, which yeah. was the power, and then you would make sure that you control the power. That was the wisdom. That was the knowledge. And you would cover it. And bow. But did you punch where you came in like that? You went, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My yeah. stance my stance was so good that if you were to come over and push me like my instructor would do once a class, I would not fall over. Because your hands were upside down? No, because I was in like a sprawled out, like, they call it goddess stance in uh, yoga. This topic was brought to you by Loot Crate. For less than $20 a month, Loot Crate gives the geek in you a special treat each month. Loot Crate is a subscription box service with more than $40 worth of geek, gamer, and pop culture gear, collectibles, apparel, comics, and more delivered to your mailbox each and every month. 
You got something to say? Mm. What was this then? Later, I'm going to tell Tim something that reminds me of what, what these mics remind me of. Do you want to just do it now? Rite Aid ice cream. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. This month's theme is time. And quite appropriately, we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of Back to the Future in the month and year Marty McFly travels to and Back to the Future Part 2 with the timeless appeal of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and the timey-wimey charm of Doctor Who. Dink, dink. God, I want to play Lego Dimensions. Uh, You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when it's over, it's over, Biff. So go to lootcrate.com slash kindoffunny and enter the code kindoffunny to save $3 on your new subscription. And what's really cool about that is you can get a really cool hat. You could have if you got it from last last, uh, September. What what does the hat look like? I don't know if I've ever seen the hat before. What does the hat look like? This, This guy? That's oh, how so you're gonna right describe here? it. Yeah, no, like it's a... it's it's a Pikachu hat. I th- so like we weren't gonna reference. We weren't gonna re- reference it. I know, but then Nick but already like made this. a reference, so I was like, "This is a natural." Uh, integration. I didn't hear him make the reference. What did he say? Oh my! He, he I block about, out most he of what he says. Hat at some point. Okay, so like, the, and this isn't for the record. This isn't some weird loot crate sponsorship. Yeah, no. The, lo- the new loot crate came. Mm-hmm. I opened it to see what was inside it. The hat was in it. I said, "Tim, you should wear this." And you said, "I didn't expect to be on camera today," so you put it on because your hair was not to Tim levels of appropriateness. No, Tim. Tim, you're going to regret oh, no. that. Tim. These are Tim levels. Are they good levels? No, you have like a whole, there's like a whole second Beautiful. head growing out the back here. Turn turn profile. There it is. Look at that. What are you, what is growing out the back there? Oh, I like that. It's like when you, it's, it's like a man bun. I look like a man bun. It's like his hair blew its brains out. No, what it looks, what it looks like is when, we're on to the new topic, by the way, Kevin. We're on the topic right now. It looks all right. Hold on, that's the end of this topic because I'm going to continue the conversation in the next one. So come to the next topic, okay? Great. It looks like when you pick up a potato that looks fine, and then you turn the potato around and it's grown the roots and it's all gross on the back. I hate those fucking potatoes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my topic today is haircuts mm-hmm. and hairstyles. Timely. Yeah. Oh man, how good was that? It I was think really we did good. good. Great segue. Good that's why I did the I did the audible, and Kevin yeah. over there is all. <laughs> I want to know what Colin's been looking up for the last 45 minutes. What was you, oh, God. What's going it's on? It's either food or a woman. Was it put, I, I know I'm wrong about Putin not being a part of the Soviet Union. You don't have to correct me on that. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't. The wall came down. Well, we'll say, well this will show when this, this will show when this was actually recorded. But I, uh, I just got a message. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Season 9, and a movie, apparently. Oh, oh hot damn. Shut up. Yes. Yeah, all right. I can deal with that. Yeah. Well, you should curb your enthusiasm for that during this, this show. I just... I just wanted to make the joke. Haircuts. Haircuts. I so, fucking hate them. You, me too. Maybe we have talked about this. Have we talked about this topic before? We've talked Let about how know. you've Greg talked about like haircuts. Any, like anyone. He doesn't like haircuts, massages. Yeah. I really, he doesn't like anything that doesn't massages. involve uh, sitting on a couch and playing Metal Gear. Okay. That's, I mean, that's fair enough. Why don't you don't like hair? I thought you liked hair. Oh, you don't like no. hair. Well, why don't you I like I don't haircuts? like the process. I like the getting. I like the after you like the finished effects. effects. I like lo- looking like I got a haircut. I don't like getting it, though. Why? Oh, it's just too. What's wrong with it? It's just, I don't know. It takes time. And it's just that's like, why I, I hate them. Yeah, it, it takes time. My you day. have to go places. You have to do things. You have to make. You have to wait in line for it. You have to make sure that uh, they're open at a time that you're going. It's terrible. Stuff. It's just yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. And um, but, you guys have such good hair. No, See, if then, I had then, your hair, Zuh, your collective hair, everyone's got gray hair. Mm-hmm. No, but we could all, Kevin. I'm a man of. I'm. I'm really grounded. I'm a grounded individual. I don't have an ego. I don't think of myself as one of the most amazing people on the internet. There's no room in like here that. for your ego. But I do know this. Out of all, out of the six of us sitting in this room, I am the person who has the least amount when it's going to the hair. You've got a great hairline. You got a great hairline. You got a good hairline. You got a great hairline. You got this. You get the punk cut. 
punk cut. Which means that when you go to like South America, the girls are like, oh, where's he from? You said American. And they're like, oh, he must be a surfer. And then they have sex with you. Yeah. Right? It doesn't happen to me. That's science. Yeah. That's not right there. But I like, so if I had Tim's hair, for instance, this amazing. Not right just now. It's man bun thing. No, I mean, it oh, does it look like. Weird. It looks like really it does. Put it. the hat back on. Okay, yeah, I feel like gotta, I'm like. You gotta just put get out of here. Touching your, myself with my left hand. Your bad potatoes. It just doesn't feel familiar. Bad potato hair. Put the Pikachu condom back on your head, please. Thank you very much. Um, I would love it because you could go in and get all like any cool hairstyle you want, and you just show him a picture of Macklemore and go, "I want his current hairstyle." I want this. No, I usually do JT though. You do That's JT, a real but... story. So when I first started getting my hair cut, where it was, uh, you know, like I have it now, because yeah. for a long time I just shaved the it, barber cut, style, the man, cool. the Don Draper. And um, so when I was, was going to do this, I went into the the place and I, I grew it out for a while, and for a while it was just a fucking mishmash of of nothingness. You know, what? let's take a step back. We're going back to the back to the roots here, right? Ah. Oh, that's got to even mean to do that. Uh, got them all cut. Anyway, so when I was younger, I had like the Beatles cut. Just like the... The, the bowl? Uh, the bowl? Kind of like a bowl, yeah. But it was like not all the way down. Just kind of... I had long hair. I had like very mm. long hair. And it would like down so it would cover my, my beautiful eyes. And no, you can't do that. I know. Your baby not, blues. There was a big difference between the, the ladies uh, pre and post long hair. So I had the long hair. I didn't think to do the man bun thing back when I was in sixth grade. Nobody you thought to do it because it's terrible. Yeah. Stop doing it, um, Darren Brazil. It's dumb. Then, then eventually all of my friends were Chinese and they all had spiky hair because mm-hmm. that was just what they, was all, they all did. And that was the thing. And so I was like, I'm going to do that too. Mm-hmm. So I spiked my hair like they did. And I had spike hair, spiky hair for a while, mm-hmm. but it didn't look like theirs because I am not Chinese. So their hair worked that way. My hair just kind of got really weird and curly in some points. So in some places it would curl, and like some places it would spike. It was Can just it was this, all Kevin? over the place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Kevin didn't look it. bad. It just wasn't like it wasn't great. Then eventually I I moved past that a bit, and I was like I'm, I'm gonna start shaving my head. And also that was definitely a thing of I don't like getting haircuts. Like I'm tired of going to this shit. I'm just gonna cut my own hair. Sounds like someone I know. Brother, do it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's good though. It's, it makes sense. You can just shave that shit. <laughs> Then you have your, your mom or your brother or Kevin come in with the, the razors. Hey, can you get my back? And he's like, got your back. Got your back, bro. Yeah, and then yeah. I look at the mirror. I'm like, why the fuck did you go that high? And it's just like, oh, you know all about that. These things happen, man. I almost killed a man the other week. So. Yeah. So so that shit goes down, right? But then eventually I grew out of that. And I was like, I want to get some hair. So I grew out some hair. There was a weird transition period, as there often is. Always. Then I went in. I, I realized I had enough hair. I'm like, I can do this. Go to the barber. And I'm like, I pull up a picture of Justin Timberlake. Show him. I'm like, I want that. And he goes, okay, okay. And then just starts doing stuff. I'm not one for talking at the. Uh, I hate talking. The, I hate the small the talk of places. it. See, this is why I think Nick likes it. Nick just likes to. It's not that bad. He likes to schmooze. It doesn't yeah. matter. I like to be one of the girls. Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. I mean, I like to be one of the girls too, but like not with these girls. That's like, probably the best thing that's happened since moving to San Francisco and getting your hair cut at all these weird random places is that is often their English is not their first language, so they don't want to talk to you either. Mm-hmm. So I just chill out. Get a haircut, get out. Because, like, back in, you know, the suburbs of Chicago, we went to Wayne. And Wayne ran this barbershop forever. And Wayne's a nice man, and my dad loved talking. But then I'm sitting there, and either if it's Wayne or his partner, who eventually was his son or whatever, cutting my hair. We're just struggling for small talk here. What do you think of the Cubs this season? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you're a Sox fan? No. I just don't care. Just don't... See, it's even weirder nowadays, though, when there is the the random times where they start talking. Because they always go for, oh, so what do you do? Ah, jeez. Uh-oh. Um, just say Uber driver Garbage I, man I talk on the internet about stuff There's like literally no way to describe to someone cutting my hair what I do um, But then eventually I reached a point where I had enough 
experience with the haircuts that I kind of knew what I wanted. Then I had pictures of myself. So now I just show a picture of myself. Oh, wow. That's like, brilliant. I want that. And then it, that still, they never, they never get it perfect because they always like, they, they're like, let's try this. It's like, let's not. Uh, but they always do. Things get weird. But now I know the secret. The secret to the Tim Getty's haircut is one on the sides mm-hmm. and they're always going to go, are you sure one? That's really short. Yeah, and yeah. I go, I know. Yes. Yes. But long on the top. And they're going to go, do you, I mean, I want to let my, no, no, no. I want it long on the top. And then they, they always trim. They always make it clean. Yeah. But they leave it long. And that's what gives you that nice little right. Yeah, you got the you got the body. You, need, you got that you got that you volume. Size. Yeah. Right. Hair is power. The fact Brand that I go about. I go to the same place every time, but I get a different person every time now. So every time I walk in, I just go, yeah, somewhere between short and medium on the sides and enough to part. I like having my part. That's what yeah. I want. And they go in there and do Yours it. look good. You get good haircuts. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's just because I have I have the I have the starter haircut style of it. You know what I mean? It's just like you have the classic it's parted. Part. It's easy. Don't do whatever you want. Sometimes if you go too short on the sides, whatever. Mm-hmm. It'll grow back in and be fine. Yeah. See, you know what's I mean? what's funny is you could do the cut. You could do the cut that's very much popular right now. What's which the, is the cut? The barber shop cut. They call it the barber cut, which is the Don Draper. It's popularized. Isn't it's, that what I have, kind of? It is, but you don't go. You could go way shorter on the sides, like similar to what me and Tim are doing, mm-hmm. and fade it up into that barber cut because mm-hmm. you have the hairline for it. And da, you did it. Da, 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 you, someone da, da, they did it to you da, da, almost by accident. I think two or three haircuts ago. Yeah. And you came in. It was super short. I thought it looked great. Yeah. It's I, slightly yeah. more hipster than I think you're, you're you're used to. I think that's out of your comfort zone though. A little I bit. mean, it's really like my favorite. Though there was a Comic Con where I needed a haircut really badly, and this is actually where I started using Comic Con. So this. Or, where I started using product in it again. Because mm. I used product in high school or whatever, and then in college just fell out of it. Mm. And just wake up and push to the side and go out. And I did that for a long time. And then there was a Comic-Con where I walked into a, like a fancy salon right in the gas lamp, that got sat down, and the girl's like, all right, what do you want? I'm like, whatever you want. And she was like, what? What, what do you mean? I'm like, do whatever you think would look good. I don't know. I don't do anything with it ever. Just show me what I should do with it. And she's like, are, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, do whatever you want. I'm not going to be mad anyway. She's like, okay. And then I, I was all I was all like maybe I'll get I just got the same haircut I always get. Yeah, no, well, she was like, well, what do you she think? wasn't about to do anything crazy. I got a fucking yeah, potato head. Gonna... One thing happens all the time. Be like. hilarious if she was like mohawk and just she yeah. just had a mohawk. You're like, well, that she's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> she gives you a reverse mohawk, so it's like long the sides, just fucking nothing. Oh my god. I remember. Did, when did you? Did you? Did I know you when you rocked a mohawk call? Yeah, I think you did. Dude, that looked dope. Thanks. I've seen, yeah, I mean, my I, mohawk was awesome. It was my mohawk was really awesome because you could do that too. You could go super short on the sides up to like almost like what you're doing right here, which mm-hmm. is like almost the the sort of I don't the know what, they, what do they call it. I don't know. It's just like the the hairline, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yeah, the technical term. It's like it's that it's that cool cut now that like Macklemore had. Mm-hmm. Now he's got the year cut. Like he's got no. the Justin T cut. Like he did at least in the last video. I haven't well, seen him recently, but he no, used Macklemore's to have the cut. always been a little bit different because this is like skin bald. No, but not not recently. Like recently, he's doing the part. Before he used to do. Shaved on the sides and then slicked back, like the Brad yeah. Pitt from Fury, which is also yeah, awesome. Well, he's always had that, but it's always been a little bit. It's been not slicked directly back Just like kinda, Brad Pitt. It's always been kind of yeah, like it's doing what his is a bit more. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Get a I good like look, it. Kevin. See what I like about the haircuts. We've talked about this a little bit before, but what you got to get into is you got to find someone that you're comfortable around for one, and someone who will work with you and, and do what you got to do. What Tim does, by the way, you're not the only person that does it. My wife does it all the time when she wanted to cut her hair, which is called the blunt cut, which is like. Just blunt, short, like, like I guess it's a lob, a long bob, I guess what they call it. She brought in five or six pictures of celebrities that had it and was like, I want to, I want it to look exactly like this. Yeah. And then like cross-reference and was like, I'll oh, cut a little bit here. Don't, don't. Sometimes I cut it too high in the back and all this shit. It was a whole rigmarole. She had to go back. It was a thing. 
So that's not bad to have a reference point. What I like about it is I go in there and I'm like, I kind of get the same haircut every time because there's not much you can do with my hair. So I keep it short. Keep it short and kind of look. You've been back. changing it up though a little bit. I'm trying this to keep, I'm trying now. to go short on the sides. You're like getting more of a beard. fade going on. I'm trying to do a little more of a fade, um, just because I think the the more it starts to go, the more I'm just like, let's crop it in and in and in and in, and then about ten years from now it'll just be shave it, like you leave it a little little long on top and the shave and just like skin, and then beard, <laughs> just beard to the point where I can just you know when you're on the plane and you your head starts to go down and you're like no I can't do that I want to be able to rest my head on my beard. Okay, you like a permanent right. neck, neck brace there. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, Jacob, tell me about your haircut, I because we don't know you pre this haircut. Yeah, how long yeah. have you had this? Just today. No, oh, you fuck you. you. Yeah. That's why I made it my topic. Well, it, I got one in advance because I wanted it to like grow out to a little bit. I was like, because uh, I don't like it when it's like freshly cut yeah. and it didn't grow out properly. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm gonna have to do something about this. this so. is gonna, I'm gonna be in a video seen by dozens of people. Yeah, I exactly. Have to look awesome. A couple yeah, hundred. Because last time when you made the video for us, you were in like, yeah, well, a really cool ass beat. <laughs> that's a really that's funny. Great. That's a funny story. Uh, that I made that when I got back from India, and when I was in in India, I had like I had my hair grown out. But then I like I was checked into a hostel and like the guy that ran it, he's like, hey, do you want to be in a Bollywood movie? I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to be in a Bollywood movie. <laughs> and so he like hooked me up with his agent friend and I showed up. He like I copped in this tuk tuk and he just kind of drove me down to like this little studio in, in Mumbai. And I get out and they're like, OK, so we're not making a movie. We're doing a men's hair loss commercial. So we're going to have to shave your head. It's like, oh, OK. Well, I don't know how to get back to where I was, so I guess this is happening. So <laughs> and they're like, don't don't worry, we'll give you a great stylish haircut. It turned out like. They like just were kind of like slowly shaved away my hair to like just like like it was like patch. Make my, it look like it was my my back. hair looked like a dog they've been run over by like a lawnmower. It was terrible. But eventually they just that got so graphic. I don't think it looked like that. <laughs> it was really bad. It was, no, I have pictures. I'll show you. It's, it's bad. But yeah, like and eventually, eventually they're just like, well, here's we're gonna give you the stylish haircut now. They just took like a beard trimmer and just like shaved my head with it. I was like, thanks guys. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, I made fifty bucks to be in a men's hair loss commercial in India. Have you seen? She the made fifty bucks. I haven't, but I'm sure more people have seen that than mostly this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, so basically, you got fifty. You got paid fifty bucks to shave your head. Yeah, that's not bad. Well, it was the worst production. Well, I mean, there he survived. Ever. For like it was two hilarious. weeks on that, so like I showed up from like it was like from one p.m. to one a.m. and it's just like the longest process you would the have. Fuck. Is yeah, seeing how uh, I've never been part of a production process, but I'm sure it's not nearly this bad. Is like you would be surprised. A twelve-hour day is not uncommon if you're shooting a commercial, but they usually don't start at one p.m. Yeah, and well, go to one a.m. You usually want to start a little early in the morning. Indian yeah. time, man. Yeah, I guess so. It's crazy. But yeah, that's funny. But yeah, that's why I had to shave head. You didn't have to dance. Yeah, well, I wanted to dance. So that would have been funny. Yeah. Just being like one of these crazy little music numbers. Like, hey. Bollywood, <laughs> Bollywood films are so crazy. They're crazy, Nick dude. once directed a Bollywood. Did uh, you? I directed a Bollywood spoof. Yeah. At IGN, huh. we did the April Fool's uh, awesome. Bollywood. Uh, Halo Bollywood. Halo Bollywood. <laughs> the fact that you directed that makes it so much better you than it is. You can see it now, can't you? You can see. I, oh, yeah. You're like, this all makes sense. And there's a behind-the-scenes video, too. You should definitely watch it. It's Nick talking about making it. Hey, I didn't want to do that video <laughs> so badly. I didn't oh, want to do that. Oh, friends in it, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you can video. see who wanted to make That's the video happened. Um, no, it made sense. We should have done something like that. But it was a poor man. It was it was a bad rollout of how all that stuff should have. That was our like attempt at having a sort of plan. Yeah. And it didn't work out It was pre-team guys. Was I get it. It was pre-team guys. Oh. Yeah. Although, to be fair, the video went on to do oh, it did great. millions of views. Yeah. Good job. Largely because we got bungee on top of it, but uh, what I'm what I think you guys are missing with the haircut is the best part. Okay, you go to a stylist that's good looking. She leans you back in the chair, the and she spends like five ten minutes just massaging your head. Right, 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 right. And I'm not saying this is a sexual thing. It can be if you want it to be. If that's what you're into. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's a relaxing thing, right? They don't talk to you during it. It's just warm. 
It's just warm waters on your head, and you're just cozy, and it's like being swaddled up in a man-sized baby blanket. None sure. of this sounds good, man. And no, just the head massage sounds awesome. Because here's my no, problem. No. Like, a, a big issue I have with haircuts is I don't know when to close my eyes. I don't know when to open it. Because they say, I'll oh, close your eyes. But they don't say open your eyes. You know? I just I feel take, like you need I've almost nodded off in so many haircuts. I just need it's more awesome. direction and stuff. And, like, the idea of the closing my eyes and then massaging me, it's just like, I feel oh, like I, I might it. just eventually just... I tell- Never wake up again. Uh, there was that one time I went and got a haircut, and it was when we were still at IGN. It was down at the original Palace Barber Shop down there, and uh, had a, a nice little uh, woman doing my hair who didn't speak English well at all. And so she's just cu- doing her thing, cutting up my hair. And at the end, she's like, "All right," and, you know, I'm like, "Yeah, it looks great, thank you." And she goes, "Do you want a massage?" And I was like, and, "But she said like, do you want the massage?" And I'm like, "What?" And she's like, "Do you want a massage?" And I was like, "Oh," and she did this. And I was like, oh, sure. She, if, if you're listening, she shook her hands back and forth. I was like, okay, sure. And I was all stressed out because of work and this and probably kind of funny at the time, even though it wasn't kind of funny. And I'm like, all like, I'm in my, you're lost in your head when you don't have to talk to anybody, which is great. But it's you're great. thinking of all the millions of things you have to do and da 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 And she brought out just basically a belt sander. And it, because I thought she was going to rub, because I've had like the stylist before <laughs> who rubs your, you know, I'm like, and she brought out a belt sander. And I was like, okay. And like, I leaned down in the chair a bit and she just fucking put this thing on. And, and it was, I fucking, saw god i i, I almost cried because it it felt so good and it was like after stressing out for so long in this thing this motherfucker's on here and it was like it hit the spot you know like my legs kicking and i was like yes this i i can i buy this belt sander off of you and have christine do this to me every day because it was heavenly it was awesome and i've never gotten it again no, I've never seen that woman again. She got I'm fired. I'm not even sure if she was really <laughs> a fucking barber. Next time you go to an Italian, like a, a Chinese restaurant, maybe don't ask for a haircut. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. It's that's that, a good one. It's, yeah. that, it's that feeling of someone doing something for you. That's sure. Not, and it's different. Like you say, you, you know, you were going to bring that thing home for Christina to use, but it wouldn't be the same feeling, right? Because then you're... You, you're putting out your significant other to come do this nice thing for right, you. Right, right, right. I'm whereas, not paying her. Right. Whereas you go and that, it's that person's job and if you go to the right person, they have such respect for their craft that they're yeah. going to do that extra little cool thing for you that you're like, oh man, this feels good. I'm being pampered. Someone is treating me well yeah. and it's not. I'm not coercing my wife to give me a back rub for five seconds and she does this thing. You give really good back rubs. I give great back rubs, yeah. which is like quid pro quo, D. What up? <laughs> My wife has never listened to one episode of this podcast. She will not Next time everybody sees her, one of the kind of funny things they'll let her know. No, but that's the thing about, yeah, with the haircuts. Oh is like I, I, I would love to find a stylist that I enjoy who does the rigmarole of washing my hair and massaging my head. But in reality, I know that I have a 10-minute gap between yeah. the next video and there's a haircut place right there. And yeah. I get to go in, walk in. They don't talk to me and I walk out. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, even the massage it's thing. On the like way to the, it's on the way minutes. to the P.O. box, which I like. Yeah. That's that, that is good. Uh, but that five to ten minute massage, it's another five to ten minutes that Kevin needs to wait for me to finish my haircut so we can go get Chipotle. You know? That's true. Kevin, that's I, a stress I don't right do there. anything without Kevin. That's true. Absolutely. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kevin doesn't do anything without you. No. He's the little puppy dog bitch following you around going, you want to you you eat tonight? Can yeah, we no, go? Well, oh, okay. Come on. No, that, and you're always like, I can't tonight. And he's no, like, oh. bullshit. I always end up doing it, though. <laughs> Like, no matter what happens. Now, I'm it, sure it's much better now that your girlfriend's long distance again. Yeah, exactly. So that's one of those things where, with Kevin, I don't do anything without him. So it's like, I can't do anything without him. I think that's the biggest difference. He wants to do things with me, but I can't do things without uh, him. For those of you listening at home, Greg is currently Ever. slow jerking. Yeah. And I'm not going slow enough, but I don't feel I don't feel there's a way to do the slow jerk motion to let people know you're doing the slow jerk motion. I think you're nailing it, Greg. I'm looking at the monitor. But now that I'm saying slow jerk and I've derailed the conversation, of course. Well, so to bring it back, so Kevin's haircut experience that I'll speak on 
because I, I've been a part of it for, for way, way too long. Sure. Is the fact that Kevin's haircut stylist, I don't know, I don't know what you would call her. Haircut lady. Tina. Take Tina. Her name is Tina. She she is a lovely woman, and she's been cutting Kevin's hair since he was like nine. And Kevin will not get his hair cut unless Tina cuts his damn hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And soon. and Fuck. Kevin's never gonna get his hair cut again. Yeah. And he gets so um, he's like emotionally attached to this woman. Yeah, it's like his second mother, and I like her so much better. It's just crazy. I remember <laughs> I remember as a kid when there was a big. It was it was it was guilt when I wanted to go to my mom's stylist to get my hair cut over Wayne. You know what I mean? Because then, I'm, and like, Dad has to explain to Wayne. Like, like, I'm sure nobody cared, obviously. It's like but the Seinfeld episode. Exactly. At the time, it feels like a giant betrayal. And now that I have no allegiance to anyone, yeah, I'm a haircut without borders out here. I can do just it. go do whatever I want. I'll remind you that when I, I've told this story before that when I, from five to eighteen, I went to a, 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 I get my haircut on the island by a man named Sal, this Italian man, mm-hmm. who thought my name was Tommy <laughs> <laughs> and like around eight or nine years old I, we stopped correcting because my my brother especially thought it was the funniest thing ever so like I was like 16 years old just walking in there and to this man I was Tommy and it was like my dad was in on it everyone was in on it they're like yeah right fine he's Tommy good cut his hair that's so funny I'm writing and, that down yeah as potentially an hey, Tommy! Of the, See, the, the worst thing for me is that I, I don't have any person I go to I have a place I go to now because I found somewhere that I like Supercuts. and there's this yeah it's a specific Supercuts though because Supercuts is not it's not like Starbucks it's not like you're getting the there's same no thing wherever you go yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a group of people I'd say there's like four people that like it cycles through three, three or four people that it cycles through and it's like I don't know if they know who I am and I'm like, I show them a picture every time, so I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, because there's one picture I look good. And I'm just like, I don't know if they know me. And it's that same thing where I remember in middle school when you'd have like the lunch card passes that they'd give you. If you show the card, you get a free lunch or whatever. And I would do it and be like, can I go back and get another lunch? Like, you think they'll recognize me if I try to use my card again? And I would do it. And sometimes they'd let me go. But I'm like, are they just letting me go? Or do they recognize me? And it's not until later in life that I'm like, there's only like, 60 kids. They know who the fuck I am. Right, they right, they right, saw right, me right. get my, my double chocolate milks. They know what I'm doing. Yeah. But I wonder if she knows me. But now, the reason that I think she probably does... She doesn't. I don't know. Maybe she does. I hope... I don't know. I'm you breaking know, myself still, right now. Still right before closing, too. So yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. I definitely at the new place, I don't have a rhythm yet. Because mm. I've been lucky enough a couple times to get this woman who's got to be... 46 yeah for in in and but she the reason that i bring up her age is the fact that she dresses like she's 21 mm-hmm. like she's like got this like neon hat and really short skirt i know who like, you're talking about you, walk, you see her when you pass walk by, by yeah pass you by. see her when you pass by and she's cool i like her but i, I definitely don't have like a, a cadence with her yeah nor do i know her name or should i book ahead to get her? <laughs> i just walk in it's just luck of the draw what am i gonna get yeah i want to greg i want to come with you on your next haircut and okay i want to describe to them what i want them to give you okay. i want to do what do you want to do I want to do I want to do the the barber cut the same cut that I get because I think it'll look cool in your hair. I okay. want to do like a like a really short on this like a one maybe maybe. Well, yeah, we'll go down to one. I have a then, mole back here. All right, so we'll go to, we'll go two, maybe we'll go a little bit longer than than what I've got, and we'll do really short and we'll do you have to say the word fade fade it up to the top. And See, I don't we'll do, do the fade. You are you do have the fade. I have the fade on one side, and it's because they like insist on it. On the fade, on you one have side, the fade though? on all, all around. I don't think so. Yeah, you do. It's, they do just it's just very tight. It's a tight fade. But you have. I'm pretty part. sure I only have it on the side of the Let part. Me see. Take it off. Uh oh. It hurts. It just hurts to look at. Let me look. Because it. it looks 
The hair thing in the back looks. It's also, painful. I don't have a fresh yeah. hair. The potato yeah, yeah, thing yeah, in the back yeah, looks. I can see. I can see what you're talking about. Tim, well, next no, time you he's go right. In. It looks like your hair is getting <laughs> brains blown out. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a stop. It's like a freeze frame. <laughs> next time you go in, don't do the fade. Don't do the part. Have him just do what he's got, which yeah. is just short here, short here, and then lop over. I mean, I've tried. I tried getting them to do that. They just, they just don't do it. They think, they think you're not gonna like it. That's see, that's when you have to stop doing the supercuts and go. Somewhere. To like a stylist and be like, yeah. I want this really, and you have to say that you have to use the word dramatic. Otherwise, they'll be like, No, nah, you're not gonna. Like I mean, that. I've already really I pushed to, be to get the one because they're, they're always like the one's really short, so they might not know me. I'm having this weird crisis right now of whether or not they recognize me. They don't know you because like I, I thought that they, I thought that they didn't, but and they complimented me. And I was like, now I'm realizing they probably do know who I am, and it wasn't a compliment because at one point I showed my pictures, like, oh, you look like Justin Timberlake. Which then now I'm just realizing this was, might have been the same woman that I showed Justin Timberlake. She's just trying to be nice. Next time you should have a dick pic in there. And just yeah. Like, oh, that's oh, so, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa! Didn't mean to show you I, that one. That's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> whoa! It's, it's very impressive, but it's not. What it's I meant. very impressive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five, best friends gather around this table. There Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Toss us a few bucks and you get every episode early. If you have no bucks to toss, no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we break it up topic by topic, day by day, until we post the entire thing on Friday as an MP3 and giant video. Jacob Spellman. Greg Miller. Thank you so much for coming by. Did you have fun? I had fun, Was yeah. this worth it? Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to be here. No problem. Yeah, it's been fun. We've been pimping your Twitter. Is there anything else you need to be pimping? Mm, no, but oh, if uh, if you do have any questions about travel, though, please feel free to, to tweet at me. I, I mean, it's something I'd like more people to do. How so. many ounces of fluid can I bring on an airplane? Three. Yeah, three. You don't know shit about yeah. traveling. I, I, I do the Sing long flights. Sing me the first three words of the Virgin America flight nah, I song. I don't fly Virgin, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.